<laughs> so so um i'm wearing my mesa boogie hat yeah it's nice you like it? i'm you still like waiting it? for my uh for my for my uh mesa boogie Fillmore by gibson or my <laughs> or my new gibson amplifier depending You're, on how you look at it it's just gonna be a gibson amplifier face it. it's just gonna be a gibson i didn't amplifier. think i was gonna be buying any gibson stuff this year but apparently yeah, there you go. I, I mean, they thought otherwise, so... May as well get yourself a freaking Les Paul and let's rock. Actually, I was kind of thinking about it. Like, I this, it's so much short, because I need another um, dual humbucker guitar, so... As much yeah. as I, like... There's a lot of dual humbucker guitars out there. Um, I kind of like... I've never owned a Les Paul. Like, I have a copy, you know? Yeah. Um, if you can call it that. Um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. you know, if right. the right deal crossed my path and it was the right guitar, then maybe... Um, I got, I got, I had two new gear days. One of them is kind of funny, and I'll share that one first. So I got, um, I got this, which is rosin, okay, from from Didario, which which is hilarious to me that Didario makes rosin for violin bows, for oh, violins, for bow for bow instruments. My my uh, youngest daughter plays um, violin, and she had lost her rosin that they gave her with her violin. It's just you know we're on COVID. I'm like, yeah, I'll just order it. Don't worry about it. I mean, we already use my guitar tuners to tune your violin and everything else. Like, why not? Um, so <laughs> I bought um, I bought rosin from Daddario, and there there's a logic to this. This is actually my new gear day too, because it came with the player's reward points. So I took the reward oh, points yeah. for her and put them in my account, and she got rosin. But here's the here's the kicker, right? So this is how bad the public school like rental instruments are getting. The rosin they gave her, and she, I, I watched her rosin her bow for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then she went to play, and it like there was no change. We put this rosin on that bow, and the second she touched the string to the to the instrument, like it just came alive. It was loud. We were like, huh? I just yeah. kind of went, and my, my wife used to play violin. So I we were, you she was like, what? I bet um, you're using some cheap replacement like beeswax or some sh- like that. Yeah, it's not real rosin, right? Like, and I, and I don't know what what rosin's made of. This is probably some sort of synthetic yeah, exactly. product, but you can see. I mean, this was totally hers was like this white. It looked like a bar of soap, you know. This is this is what I expect to see. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, if you don't know anything about string instruments, but the problem is, so I put this rosin on her on her violin with her, like we we did it together because I wanted to learn how to rosin the bow, right? And uh, as we're doing it together, I realized I was getting rosin all over my fingers. I went to play my guitar, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like my fingers were sticking to the strings. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell? Like I can't yep. do this shit." Yep. Um. So I immediately went and like scrubbed my hands and wiped down my guitar because I was like, "This is just ridiculous." You, um. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, um, have you ever touched the bow when rosin is freshly applied to it? Oh yeah. I mean that that's what that's what, yeah that's what I experienced. I mean. If you've never done that, it's not what you think. You think, oh, well, rosin will be like, it'll be smooth. It'll be like wax. No, it is not meant to do that at all. It's actually meant to pick up the vi- pick up the string and like touch and against it, it and, and be cause friction because that's what right. creates the sound. And that's what um, rips the bow apart is the rosin. Right. So the, the mechanics of it is that the rosin, like you said, it pulls the string, string pulls back and the, and the bow is actually weaker than the string. And it would be yeah. as if you were playing with a piece of paper or something that was destructive. And every time you played, it was torn apart. That's why our guitar strings 
That's why we get, or I mean, our guitar yeah, picks. Yeah, eventually they, the friction gets to them and they break and all that. Yeah. But, you know, with rosin, I think the difference is um, this is actually supposed to protect your springs from getting ripped to shreds. Right. Um, because it because it takes the abuse more than the strings do. Because, yep. like, I know her, her bow is not, there's no damage to it. She's had it for over a year now. And I'm like, I'm really kind of surprised because she's been playing with basically either very little rosin, crap rosin, or or basically no rosin when she lost it. So, but anyway, yeah. um, that was that was the silly new gear day. And then I I last week or the week before, I had enough reward points on my credit card from the holiday season, and this is the one that I've I've been real responsible with. It's totally paid off all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I'm gonna get myself a wah pedal because I don't oh, have yeah, one right yeah. now. So I bought an RMC picture wah, which is the RMC four for those of you playing along at home. And I gotta say, I am floored with how damn good this thing is, sound wise. I've never had a wah that sounded this good. Um, it's every bit is like the dirty, like smoky sounds, like Robin Trower and Jimi Hendrix and those kind of guys. Um, but you know, the only comment I can have about this wah pedal that I think is kind of funny because the tolerance are so tight in how he assembles them. Uh, he being Jeffrey Tees, yep. uh, who I now have a picture of him on the bottom of my wah pedal, which is strange. Um, Jeffrey T's well, he, it's a picture wall, right? So the original ones had Clyde McCoy on the bottom, so oh, yeah. he can't, he doesn't have that, so he put himself, which he's like this, this hippie in the picture, like it's just hilarious. Um, but the the wall itself, like because the tolerances are so tight, the the uh gear that that so like it's got the tongue that fits into yep. the gear. That is so tight that I can feel the individual rungs of the gear rubbing against the tongue as it goes in and out. Like, it's like gritty. It feels wow. kind of gritty. And it, 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 it's okay. Um, okay. It showed up. It was a little, it was a little loose. Um, all adjustments I can make. It's not a big deal in terms of that. And I think that's just a player preferencing. I think some people like them loose. Um, it was holding in place. Yep. But it was like effortless for me to move my foot on it, and I kind of don't like that because it's harder to find the sweet spot if you want to leave it on. Yep. Um, but I don't. I generally don't leave it on. The other thing is I want to adjust the height of the switch in the front because right now it's pretty easy to turn it on and off. I like them to be a little bit harder. I like to really lean on them. But I mean, everything else about the pedal is just totally clean. Actually, when you see a picture of them, you go, "It looks like just like, just like a Dunlop housing." They are not a Dunlop housing. They have some other sort of powder coat on there. Yep. that's like way more textured and I wouldn't be surprised if they're not getting their housings from the same people that make are making the mission engineering expression pedals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shoulder, those, those are guys. nice. Um, nice. so do you still have your mission ex- um, engineering? I have the spring loaded one. I sold the other one. Yeah. Uh, and I kept spring loaded one because at some point in my, my playing career, that's going to be useful to me. Yeah. You'll find um, something right, that needs an expression switch or someday. I mean, I actually have stuff some. on my board right now. Use say. my expression yeah. level, but uh, I just there's no reason for me to really bust it out at this point, so I'm not I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. But I know that the spring loaded ones are harder to come by. Yep. Um, actually, kind of, so I I halfway thought about what if I can put that uh, RMC in there because I could probably pull the guts and rehouse it and have the the spring. Not gonna do that. But um, the not, cool part about the, the, the cool <laughs> part about the RMC pedal. So like, if you ever if you ever experienced having a fuzz face and a wah pedal at the same time, uh, especially one that's like got a either a bad buffer or one that has no buffer, they squeal like a pig. 
and oh. it's sort of like a known thing. Yeah, they squeal. This has the proprietary circuit from Fox Rocks in it that is supposed to be like the ultimate buffer for fixing that problem. And I have to admit, I was skeptical that it would make my my fuzz pedal sound good, but yeah. I kind of think that it actually makes my fuzz pedal sound better with it all. <laughs> wow, with that's it cool. all. Then, then you know, like then then not having any buffer whatsoever in front of right. me, which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. But yeah. um, that said, uh, if you're looking for a wah pedal, I mean, I know RMC is like not the flavor of the month right now. There's some other small builders that are starting to pick up steam with that kind of stuff. Yeah for whatever reason today is not super popular yeah um i would seriously give consideration to trying to get a used rmc yep. and they've got like they got like 11 or 12 different models um so just find the one that works for you because there's there's a bunch of and they're not horribly expensive now people are like oh 200 for a wall pedal is really expensive compared to what no, Compared no. to what a GCB Q ninety five well, or the, a five ninety five Q, yeah, the quote I mean, unquote basic bitch cry, cry baby, yeah, the, the it's one like a hundred and yeah, the bucks. one that's like fifty dollars. It's not even fifty dollars anymore. They're what they're seventy five or hundred dollars now. Yeah, they're hundred bucks um, now. Even on sale, it, they're just under. They're like eighty. Um, yeah, d- but the fact is that the any decent one, mine was mine was a closeout because they were they were closing out this version. What do you got a five ninety five Q? Oh, you get the slash. That's right. Yeah, and these were yeah. two hundred. And yes, with I'm the saying. fuzz, they they had a package with the fuzz. With the fuzz, it was three, and change. It was three fifty. Um, uh, with the yeah with, um, slash fuzz. So I got this one because I think it was orphaned. I think the fuzz went bad, so they had to sell the wah. Somebody told me because this is the one that's supposed to go in that package. Anyway, long story short, I got a, I got it for a great deal. I got it for one hundred twenty five bucks. Um, but this thing normally goes for over two hundred dollars. So yeah, I'm. I'm fine with it. I, I and I like it, so it, it's not um, uh, anything that I have a problem with. And I do have a Dunlop um, expression pedal, like what you're talking about. That was the only time I ever took a, um, a wah type pedal apart to see what was inside. I mean, I knew. I mean, you have you have to be a total moron not to figure out that there's a little gear in there that's going. Yeah, it's reading the little. Um, Literally, the pot just has a gear stuck on the end of it. You know, that's yep, basically that's all it. it is. That's a pot with a it's, gear on it. And you can yeah. you can adjust most of them, the good ones, and this and the other one I have, which is the one hundred and seventy five dollar version of the Dunlop uh, expression pedal, which is a really nice one. Um, it's got all kinds of adjustments. I can adjust the treadle, you know, the maximum height, the maximum depth, the the um, yeah. how much tension I get, so on and so forth. And but I can tell you this, um, th- that thing needs to be adjusted a lot. <laughs> so I don't use yeah. it. It's a pain in the in the rump. Um, so yeah, you've you've got you've probably got a better, um, but the wah, this wah is knocking wood. This thing's incredible, you know. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, I I've played that one. Um, actually, of the of the Dunlop wahs I played, mm-hmm. I like the Cantrell. I owned one for a while. Yeah, the Cantrell's um, a nice one. The Cantrell was nice, and of course now it's got they've got a new versions, which I don't know if there's yep. anything different with it. But you know the one that killed me, the one that's super good and like it totally makes sense. You should be smart enough to realize it's going to make sense. It's the Kirk Hammett one. The, oh, the yeah. one with the skeleton on the that bottom of it is, is great. freaking awesome. That thing is great. Yeah. Um, and it's I just laughed when I tried it because I'm like, dude, can I can I gig a Kirk Hammett wall? Like I just thinking to myself, like, can I, I really bring yeah. myself to do this? I would um, ask, can I get one without the freaking foot, the 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 yeah, skeleton the foot on the trail? Because I don't foot. need that thing glowing in the dark with 
<laughs> they're 169 dollars yeah the uh the slash the slash wall is and then yeah. that that one is 159 no but, yeah but the, the slash wall they sell separately that's the one they sell separately it's 169 that's the how one much that is different how much would you think that an rmc wall isn't different in in opposition to say this yeah like, like two, these are 160 to 200 dollars right they're they're boutique what 250 225 yeah two yeah they're 235 See, that's yeah, nothing. That's great. Peanuts. No, it's extra fifty bucks. Think about it. What's the what's the bottom asa one go for? That's the that's uh, the, the only b- other one I liked that I that I would. Um, oh, the Cantrell I like too. Do you um, know why? Do you know why they stopped making the Cantrell and the copper? Because no. the new Joe, Joe bottom asa one has copper. Is in copper. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's two hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. It was $230. I was eyeing that one. And then this one came up for sale at $125. I took it home and tried it out. And I was like, you know what? For what I do, and the treadle is is steady. I can rock it, leave it. It doesn't, it doesn't uh doesn't float on me. Uh, uh, you can tell a shitty wah, guys, because when you take home one of the cheaper ones, after after a little bit of this, you'll you'll set the treadle up like this because you want that cock wah feel, and it goes like this. Yeah. Just if slowly. They're, well, if they're not. If they're not tight, you yeah. can always adjust them because it's always just a bolt or whatever to do it. But you yeah, know, but the problem um, is the actually, more you the have jo- to I lied. Down. Yeah, go ahead. The Joe Bonamassa law is not two hundred and fifty dollars. They are right now because they're completely sold out everywhere. They're one hundred and sixty nine bucks. Yeah, that's so. What it's just the same price as all their other. Yeah, all the other ones that are special special edition. So, um, uh, let's talk about. Uh, well, first, I'd like to tell everybody um, that when I went live, there was static. David and I fixed that before we got started. It was a bitrate <laughs> error in my in my software um, that for some reason was moved to forty four one. It was supposed to be higher than that. Well, it, it, it might not have to be the recording, but for whatever reason, Discord won't allow you to use forty four one, which is like the standard for every device on the planet. Now, just um, recently, Discord and Facebook went through updates. Yeah, I know, and I know that... I got a Windows update a few days ago. But but here's the problem, Jim. And it I be have, the first time they changed my drivers on me. I have a Presonus interface right here, and my my bit rate right now forty four point one. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But if you hit the, did you hit a um, Windows update a few days ago? Yeah. Oh, you did. So maybe it wasn't yeah. that. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't but I do know that the stuff. Facebook ones. It's weird because they don't roll them out everywhere all the same time. That is yeah. A weird thing they that they, they do, do some sort of deployed. Yep. thing and i think they look for prioritized people who use their service more i'm sure i am low on their shit list right now because <laughs> i am not I'm using facebook much at all <laughs> that said um these are the only people you guys right here that are listening and watching you are the basically. only people um oh the keto thing's still going on still losing weight just letting everybody know um in case you're wondering you can kind of see it right now my neck is i had a turkey neck i literally had the turkey neck it's gone I could sh- I can finally shave my beard and not look like like uh you know type thing. <laughs> I'm probably lo- I'm probably losing weight, but I'm actually growing it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm over trying. Here. I'm trying. <laughs> it it's funny because my hair grows so slowly. This beard is uh November. You know, no shave November. I this shaved November. it off. Somewhere in the beginning of November. I have not shaved since November. Can you tell? There's nothing here. Yeah, well, you don't. You're like, see, this right here, this is not because I shave it. I got a buddy of mine. His his beard grows right up to here. 
I yeah. get literally nothing happens. Oh, I mean, so, there's stuff growing, I mean, I, but it's just not much. <laughs> I clean it right here, you know, to make it even. But literally, no hair grows on my. For some reason, no this hair grows the, on my uh, cheeks. This is the hair growth for men podcast. And, and um, I get nothing. There's like a line right here. You can see it physically. Look. Yeah. Right there. I, there, nothing grows beyond that line. I don't even have chest hair. Look at that. I just don't have <laughs> chest hair. I. I don't have, I barely have any arm hair. I mean, it's like, I'm like a hairless um, uh, freak of nature. I, yeah. I have my, both my calves, my legs, my calves, neither one has hair on them. I don't know I thought why. your calves are in your back. <laughs> I grew up shoveling shit underneath the calves. Um, so <laughs> let's talk, let's, let's talk about the, the, the ugly monsters in the room. Shall we need to talk? We need to talk about this. So I've got a, I've got a whole set of bullying bullet points for these um, great companies who have come out with such wonderful products. We just gotta talk about. Them. I haven't even been paying attention to the NAM launches. I, I did do. look at some of the Fender stuff. Um, All right, so let's talk. Let's, I did look at the PRS stuff. I mean, let's talk about the freaking the elephant in the room with Fender first. Um, well, you know what, PRS first. You know why? Because uh, that's what it's. I, I so PRS is gonna be quick. Here's the my big thing. surprise from PRS is the Mark Letary signature, right? The Mark like Letary that's, signature. That's, because he was supposed to be a Fender guy, right? And right. he ended so, up over there. Why? Uh, uh, well, because they built him. Why. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Paul Reed Smith built him a uh, signature um, uh, guitar that looks exactly like his um, Fender and just like um, uh, John Mayer, um, here you go. We'll build it exactly to your specs, except we're going to put our headstock on it. It's a Silver Sky, no pick guard. Yep. Um, and humbucker. And single humbucker, single, single, single. Honestly, like, I should be all over this guitar. Yeah. But well, the reality the, is... What's the radius? The reality is this. I don't like the neck heel. Like, okay. I don't care that you... I'm fine with the aesthetics of this guitar. Yep. You had a CE that you could have used to base this on, Mark, and that has no neck heel. Now, I maybe the neck heel is some critical thing to the way that you play, I, and that is the only way I can think of. I don't question an artist's choices, but for me, I'm like, if it was only based on the CE, like this would be the guitar that I would be after right now, because um, it's maple on maple. Uh, I believe there's all they're doing a um, another version of it too, but they've also they showed some other stuff too. There's a Silver Sky Limited in purple. Um, looking to see what else is here. The new SE Custom 24s are showing up. There's this brilliant bright pink one. Look at their website. I'm not even looking at their website. I don't know why. Um, probably better to look there to see what's officially been announced. So the SD Custom 2408, um, which has well, additional switching functionality, and um, that's coming, which now has the what they call the shallow violin curve, yep. or carve, um, which that was kind of the big thing that we've been hearing for a while we were not allowed to talk about, was that yep. violin carve. That violin carve. And Instead now we can of talk the bevel, about it. Yep. Instead of the bevel, they're now doing a violin carve on the SEs. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I saw 
the SE with the violin carve, Paul showed it off. I was like, okay, here's the, here's the elephant in the room. I've got it up on my screen. You can't see it, but the silver sky, lunar ice. Give me a freaking break. People were yeah. freaking out on that um, pod or show, the live stream. show that, that live stream that uh, Paul did. Um, this is this is on everybody's screen right now. They can see it um, if you're if you're watching the show. Um, it's coming out in lunar ice. He spent more time. Well, I guess Letary and, and him got equal time, but. He spent so much time with that, or I mean, with John Mayer, and I'm like, it's all for the girl. All these girls, you you saw in the chat. Oh my god, I love you. I want to have your babies. I mean, literally, things that went by in the chat, which I thought were hilarious. But um, so well, he's he, the only guitar player that could pull it off today. So I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. But the Lunar Ice, they're gonna do a thousand of them. Now they did the last one in 500, so they were like, oh, people got pissed off, so we're gonna do a thousand. A thousand is not. Do a run. That's not really a limited run, guys. Look, if you if this is this is my message. I I've recorded a thing which I'm actually going to put up on the channel tonight. Every dealer gets three. <laughs> yeah, every dealer might get one. Do you know how many PRS dealers there are? I mean, I, are there really that many PRS dealers? Though? Well, yeah. About, if you consider think about Guitar this. Center, if you look at Guitar Center and Sweetwater, now yeah, but I don't. I wasn't thinking about the big the big dealers. Yeah. yeah. So if you take You're Guitar right. Center, right, and you try to put three in every Guitar Center, you'd need nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So I there mean, are Guitar I, Centers, I, and it won't get any. I like I, I I like the concept behind the Silver Sky. I just think that there are better guitars that they could be doing right now that with that kind of concept, yep. if they're really going to double down and they're going to start making strat copies, because that's what it looks like is going on here. Right? They get the silver sky. Now they got the Fiore. Yep. Which by the way, the, the, the red Fiore, I can tell you that's this, the yeah. mark that by the way, that is the Mark Letary signature. Um, yeah. That damn guitar looks great in red. Yes, it um, does. And I actually don't mind black on this one because it's not straight black. It's black. Oh. Iris. <laughs> there are two interesting things though. Number one, the custom twenty two is gone. Yeah, yeah. The, the custom is it gone across the? Is it going completely across the well, line? Well, I don't know about in the SE line, but I do know the custom twenty two is gone in the American line. <coughs> so I want to talk about this one um, for a second, and that's the studio. Now, if you're a Gibson guy, you're thinking, "Oh, the studio. It's probably less expensive." This thing is no. four thousand dollars. This is supposed to be the studio. Workhorse, right? This not is the studio to... is in the cheaper version. You don't take on stage. You know, right. like... this is not the not the. Um, oh, it's it's the same as the Les Paul, but it's got less. You know, it doesn't have binding. It doesn't have binding. No, the studio is the. This is the workhorse. It's got everything and every pickup combination. It's everything you could ever want in a guitar. And I got to be honest with you, um, it's beautiful. It has some great sounds, but four thousand dollars. Come on, Paul. Dude, dude, like, all right. So let's 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 talk. PRS right now is stupid expensive. Yeah. If you haven't been paying attention, they've we've I think we talked about it on the show we have. that that a a standard um a core core uh twenty four like uh so what do they call it like a uh, custom twenty four um yeah. I believe is pushing thirty five hundred right now. That's nuts. Now the other uh, thing I'm sorry, they did... but you can't even touch the artist package for that much money. Yeah, 
I know. And that's just it, though. Um, so the other thing they did for the SE line, which, by the way, I think I want to stick with the SE line right now. <laughs> that's my SE. Um, I, I understand. I mean... They, the uh, Custom 24 not only got a violin carved, this is the more important thing to me, the more, the more interesting thing to me, I should say, is the fact that they got the Paul's guitar pickup configurations. So yeah. they got the, the individual split versus splitting everything, which if you're a split person, which I'm not. Well, you're, talk, you're talking about the 2408, right, which has the yeah, split Yeah, the 2408. Because not the whole line is getting not the, Right, right getting. the 2408, I'm sorry. The Custom 2408 is getting like a Paul's guitar um, look. Um, I think custom 2408 is one of the, one of the more exciting things. Of course, the violin carve on the 24 looks pretty, but they didn't see what color combo they brought back. The one that, that like sold out in the anniversary. We're like, nah, we'll never see that again. Yep. They brought it back. Yep. So, and it's only $829. I know. I mean, I'm looking at it right now in Sweetwater and going, I know, I know. I'm in my year of no gear. We'll we'll talk about something that that almost had me pulling a trigger, and I was like, "You can't, you can't put a, you can't put money down." Yeah, you're yeah. in your year of no gear. Hopefully, they'll be there in January of next year, but it's not going to come from PRS. I'll tell you what it is here in a minute. But another exciting thing from PRS is the Zach Myers. Um, I, I think that this is great. The new Zach, Zach Myers, Myers I knew about as well. Um, we yeah. knew that was coming, but it, it's here, um, uh, and and it looks beautiful. It's in denim. It it's just a gorgeous guitar um, oh, I haven't and seen the, the new the... bass the kingfisher um bass um they they showed that off it looks incredible fine because prs has been doing bases all along but yeah nothing... i was gonna say i didn't i didn't think that was like a super new thing but yeah yeah nothing's really been exciting this new kingfisher it finally finally figured out bass <laughs> but here's yeah. a, here's something that nobody needs a tuner from freaking PRS. Oh, I so saw that. For fanboys. Like, what the hell is this for? For fanboys everywhere. What's that? What, it's case kidding. Jim, that's yeah. what that is. That That is for the dealer to say, buy a PRS, I'll throw in a tuner. Yeah, because it's 30 bucks. It's no It's no different from uh, any other $30 any other tuner. $30 tuner. It's just, a, it's just a, um, a snark with a bird in the middle and it's it's overly big to me the screen because it has to have the bird in the middle is overly big but i have to admit that the bird lighting up to to say you're in tune is kind of cool if you're prs um uh fan it's something for you that's what it's for i personally i'm sure they're going to be selling at 1999 in a year and a half so i'm i'm waiting on that one but um i actually this might be the year i get an se uh yeah custom yeah because i'm i'm looking at him and i'm like you know what that's a perfect guitar for for nick to put pickups in yep and uh to be quite honest like that color combo just does it for me yep if this thing didn't have the top on it it does mine has a you've seen it it's got a brilliant top um i would i would in a heartbeat go after that but i i would i I would call my rep say look i need to return this (laughs) and i would meet lark for me, it largely depends on what the deals look like at GearFest. Because I honestly, I don't... Uh, well, no, it doesn't because I have a dealer and I have yeah. a good relationship with that dealer. Exactly. So I kind of remember, like, I have a PRS dealer that's like, that, that that's right. takes care of all my amplification needs. So yep. um, I heard they 
you know, they 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 they're selling Gibsons over there now. Gibson amplifiers, anyway. I I heard they were I selling Gibson amplifiers. So let's um, let's talk about the other. Phones. Yeah, the big the other big elephant in the room. Oh no, we, we do we want to talk about more Nam products? No, more Nam products. You know, as in like the releases I'm, at this time. I'm doing releases. Okay. All right. All right. Let's so, Fender. Go to Fender. Go to uh, 2021 new releases. Here we go. Yeah, I, I've seen They're, some of that. Stuff. They've got a lot of nobody has asked for this um, stuff coming up and collectors yeah. type shit. Um, so let's go right over the fe- the 75th commemorative Stratocaster, Telecaster, the other day. Jazz and Precision. Tro- Trogley took a look at these the other day and they- yeah, so they put gold hardware on pretty basic. Sure, Collectors guitars. These are yeah. not for you and I. These are for people that put them in the closet. Um, the next thing uh, is now. This is what I do like. Now, usually that's where you end, right? You got the two thousand dollar model. They went ahead and came out with a whole. Oh, eight- oh they came god! Out with the, um, what? They came the out with the, yeah. Well, wait, wait. We're not that far yet. That we're oh. not that far yet because that's going to be my fire hole right there. Oh my god! Um, I'm already looking at the specs and crying. I know you. Uh, hold on, hold on to your horses, Mister. Okay, so 75th anniversary edition of the um, Strat, Tele, and Fender and Precision, also in what they call the Diamond series, $850 with a gig bag and from Mexico, making it a little more affordable, making it playable. You still get the medallion, and you still get the um, the fact no, that you it's get the 75th medallion on the, on the Mexican version. Here's the here's the oh that's right here's the thing that really kind of takes me off though so they're calling them 75th anniversary edition and I was I was recording the thing which which actually most people have seen already but um, and uh, I was like um, looking at these you know and, and the gig back thing um, and uh, I I thought to myself 850 dollars that's not a bad price but. I was like, oh, what did these come in in the 1960s? And then I went, wait a minute. No, 75 years ago. And I, I, I checked my calculator to make sure. I was like, wait a minute, that's 1946. I went. Yeah, that's when he started. That's when Fender started. So none of them have any 40s or 50s, by the way, stats. All of them have 60s pickups. And right. half of these didn't come out until the 50s. We didn't have the Fender Precision until yeah. late 40s and we didn't have the jazz or the strat until late um in the 50s so the only thing we had in the in the 40s was the telly and and yeah. maybe i don't know what year the precision came out was that show up in the 40s what's that it came out like 50 what did the telecaster it was 49 i thought was it check it, it wasn't called the telecaster in 49 it was the broadcaster, it was the broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. and then it was the no caster i think in 51 I want to say it was the it was the late forties because they started off with amps, right? So all I'm saying yeah, is, yeah, they did, they did, and that, and that's why I was thinking like that's really what this is. So the broadcaster uh, was was introduced in the fall of 1950, my friend. Okay, so, so was none 50. of their guitars were were from the forties. That was actually like, and and at that time, it was just an amplifier company they were making stuff for lap steels. And I think they yeah. may have made some lap steels too, too, at that point. Yeah. The, I think they were trying to go cause Rickenbacker was the big, uh, they had the frying pan um, and they were the big lap steel company at the time was Rickenbacker, believe it or not. Okay. Right. So, and then, 
that was uh, the only thing was I was like, oh, these must be sixties. And I was like, wait a minute, sixties isn't God. I'm I was born in the sixties. That's not seventy five years ago. Can <laughs> I make a crazy revelation? Can I make a crazy revelation for people? Sure, sure. Because like I don't I don't think people give enough credit to knowing this or just the fact that like it's kind of a hilarious thing. The only reason Fender Fender actually makes guitars today was because Leo Fender felt that he needed something to sell his amplifiers. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. I mean, that's really what it was. He didn't get into the instrument business because he was a radio repairman yep. who was building amplifiers because it was a niche market that he could get into, and it wasn't hard to do. And then, and, and believe me, I godfather to Leo Fender, like, I love the guy. But yep. um, it's just funny that, like, Oh, I need this product. The Telecaster, the reason it's so simple and dirt cheap and like just dirt simple design was because he was like, not because it was the assembly line concept. That was part of it because he had to lower the cost. Yep. But it was like, well, if I can make a groundswell that'll sell my other business, which is amplifiers, like, yep. it'll be in great shape. Because those amplifiers, those original ampli unit tweeds, they weren't made for electric guitar, they were made for lap steel. And the fact that they worked for electric guitar was incidental. Yep. Uh, well, it's like and, the bassman. Hey, bass guitarist, try this out. No guitar players like it. Um, so the next thing nobody asked for, nobody asked for from Fender was a micro freaking Mustang. No one wanted the Mustang in like a thing this big for a hundred bucks. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those little plug-in things that you stick in your guitar amp and then you, you put your headphones into it and a hundred dollars. Um, all I know is Vox makes one for 50 bucks. Stick with the Vox. All right. So no, this does more than the Vox one, but still it's kind Look, of a silly little add on. Yeah, it, it's a lifestyle product. Yeah. That's yeah, what there's it is. Only so much you're going to be able to do with one of those. It's a lifestyle product. That's why I say stick with the one that that's simple. You plug it in, you turn it on, it works. Don't have all these expectations of it. Right, um, right. Um, the next thing that, uh, Okay, so the Lux. Let's talk about the freaking elephant in the room. So I bought an Ultra, right? So now they have the Ultra Lux. Let's be real. You're not mad because you bought the Ultra. No, no, I'm not. Let me. But here's the thing. So remember the remember the hype because you and I sitting on on on. I was in a different house at the time. Yeah. Sitting there and and they announced, ooh, something is coming that's going to change the way you play guitar. What's that? You were in a different room, yeah. not a different house. <laughs> but yeah, we oh, were no, like, I was in a, I was in a different house at that time when they made the announcement. I think it was 2018 when they made the announcement. No, no. 2019. They had already split production at that point, which you were in the other room when that happened. Uh, when they would decided that they were gonna, they were gonna change their whole thing from like being American professional series to you know from from being American standard to and all that to like these professional series. What year was and that? Then they did that was like 2019, man. It wasn't oh, that man, long. I was ago. in the other room. Okay, yep. Switch 2019 was the announcement of the Ultra. Yep. Because because they they'd already switched for a while before the Ultra came out. You bought yeah. the Ultra right when it came out, I and did. you were in the in the other room like that. That was not that long That's ago. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, and I'm not mad about the Ultra. That's not what I'm mad about. I'm and There's I'm no not mad that that Fender decided to do this. I'm not mad. Uh, so the ultra comes out and it's like, you're going to, you're going to change the way you play guitar. And it didn't do anything. I, I love my ultra, but,
but it didn't change the way I play guitar. I still use guitar after ultra that was like supposed to be even higher end. I thought they made one that was like the ultra, Del- not the ultra lux, but it was like something like the ultra premiere or something. Nope. Cause there was another guitar in between where I was like, why are they redoing the ultra already? Yeah. Um, was, yeah. The elite was the one that they had in between and then they went to the ultra. Right. Okay. So that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. And all the they did was make some minor changes. They've rolled the, they rolled the fingerboard. Um, they you have they in between because we we kind of lampooned the elite. We were like, okay, big deal. It's just the it's the pro series or whatever that they used to That's have. Right. That's right. Um, they had right. to replace okay, the deluxe series because they sent the deluxe series to to Mexico. So they had to replace yeah. that with the performer. Um, or the, right. Or the it's, professional. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. None of that, right. none of that matters. <laughs> the standard ridiculous. is the performer. The the deluxe was the professional, and the pro was the became the elite, which then became the ultra. And all they did was put some some different noiseless pickups in it, and uh, the S one switch did different things because nobody wanted what the elite was doing with the S one switch and blah blah blah. But anyway, so here comes the Lux, and what does the Lux get that that the um, Ultra doesn't have? Number one reason. I want to talk. I want to talk about the strat. Let me talk about the strat because right, but, <laughs> I have some like what the hell. Well, let me, let stuff me, here. Yeah, let me finish though, because because there's some things that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted a freaking black headstock on oh, yeah. a guitar that looks oh, like that. Hell. That is a, sin, a sinfully That's ugly. Just gross. Hey Fender, read the room. I like what you did with the uh, minty uh, Telecaster, um, but. That that makes sense to match the headstock, but you don't blacken a headstock on a freaking sunburst. That doesn't make sense. It's not just the sense. black. It's not just the black. Even the uh, the plasma red burst. Yep. Which is really just another burst, right? Yep. Um, has a freaking red headstock, and it looks atrocious. It's go- disgusting. It's gross. Even in, the, even in the pictures, it doesn't match the finish on the body. Like, nope. what the hell were they nope. thinking? They would have been better off leaving it empty. Just yep. leave it maple. Nobody's right. going to complain. We love maple necked guitars. That's why we buy them. What they did like, was they went to the reddest part of the burst of the of the um, what do they call it plasma red burst. They went to the reddest part of that burst and then made the headstock that. No, you go in between. You have you guys ever matched your your socks with your pants? Can I ask a question? Why the hell are you trying to paint the headstock on a burst? It's just dumb. Like, this is not something anyone does. Um, this is like, let's try something new. And it looks horrible. It looks dis- uh, it looks gross. It literally looks gross. And then they put it on their top-end guitar. Like, their highest-end guitar. So, honestly, and, like, I, this works. I love painted headstocks on guitars with a matching body. Yep. It match a burst body to the headstock. It just doesn't work. And guess what? With the single, 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 you can only get a maple fretboard. That's the only thing. Oh wait. No. Um, okay, you can get a two-tone sunburst with the with the single, single, single. With again a black headstock. Okay, so let me let me say this one thing before you go, because because I know you're gonna go at it. But here's the thing. <sighs> so. The one thing everybody thought Fender was going to finally do with the freaking um, guitar, which was put stainless steel frets in. Now that there's effectively a $300 upcharge to get stainless steel and frets. And you have to do 
shitty headstock with it. And you have to take their shitty headstock with it. If you don't like the shitty headstock, you can't have stainless steel frets. And this is the this is the piece of advice I give to everybody who's thinking about buying the um, del- deluxe. If you have an ultra, no, buy a warm up. No, to go just, with it. Just go. <laughs> Just go get your – if you really want stainless steel frets, go get your trusted luthier. Put stainless steel frets in the one you've got. It's just as good. They changed nothing else that would that would make this No, um, they did. They changed it. They made it worse. That's what I mean. They made it work. Keep going. You, now you take it. Okay. Over. Ultra noiseless vintage pickups. All right. Can we just talk about the oxymoron in the room? Yeah. <laughs> Ultra noiseless – and be vintage. Okay? <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> um, so, and it's got the S not, S1 switch on the knob. Who cares? Adds the neck pickup and switch one in position two. I'll be honest with you. That's, that's like just an excuse. I, that would be on, I, that's just an excuse to sell S1 switches when, you're, when your switch breaks. That's you right. have to go to Fender to get S1 switch. That's right. Um, the augmented D, D neck. I'm going to save that one for last because that's just hilarious to me. Stainless steel frets, perfect. It is a 10 to 14-inch compound radius. Sounds like a good idea. And then it's got that heel that's like, this is sort of a carved heel. Um, It's really not a carved heel. Uh, I'm sure it's better than a standard heel, but you can do better. There are better models available from other manufacturers who would do a better job with the heel. Uh, The locking tuning machines, absolutely. No guitar sold today in my opinion should come with anything other than locking machines at this point but of course there is still your vintage people who think that for some reason those vintage tuners seem to sound better um they're nuts but um here's where here's where things get absolutely insane right so this augmented d neck and the stainless steel frets the reason the stainless steel frets are on are, are ridiculous on this guitar is because it's a it's a maple neck with their satin finish, I'm sure. Um, it doesn't actually say what the neck finish is in the, in the uh, copy as I'm looking here. But, it, okay, so if it's their satin finish, it's going to stick. And you're going to want to remove it. And you, you're going to scratch up your stainless steel frets removing it. So I think that's kind of silly. Uh, if you're really, if you're one of the guys that wants the stainless steel frets and that kind of playability, chances are... You're probably sort of into that already. Like, I want to remove the finish. And so this neck, I know what their satin's like. I have a guitar with one of their satin finishes. It's not great, quite frankly. I don't think most major manufacturers' satin finishes are that great on the neck. There are some that are really good. There are most are not. Um, but the augmented D-neck. When was the last time you played a Stratocaster with a D-neck? Exactly. When, when Jim? Can you remember? Because I own one that has a baseball bat, and it's not a D. It is a C. Um, most of your big neck strats are Vs. What the fuck are they doing? And I'm I, you don't have to blur, bleep that out. What the fuck are they doing with a D neck on a strat? Like, this is not a Gibson. Are you marketing this to Gibson folks? Is that what this is? Our, our, our high-end Stratocaster goes toe-to-toe with the Les Paul Standard, and it also has a D neck. I mean, I know they consider that, what, a U? They say that's a U. I, I just don't see a D being the preferred neck choice for any Stratocaster at this point. Um, I I mean, I'm sure there are some people that are like, you know, my 70 Strat had a D or whatever, and they're like, I really like that, you know. 
that's not your target market. <laughs> that is not your target market for this guitar. You're looking for the people that are want that want the strat that can do anything. Um, and I just look at this and I go, I'm stuck with ultra noiseless vintage pickups. And then all the features that you would want with a D neck and this ugly ass headstock. Like what were they thinking? They, they basically took what should have been a slam dunk. And then they like, they just trashed it. Well, like, okay, stainless steel frets. And we're going to put it on a D neck with a painted headstock. It's ugly because yeah. it doesn't match. The so the, the fact is that, that the, um, the neck profile, the neck profile, it's 12 to 14, right? This is a 12 to 14 com- um, compound radius or 10 to 14. Yeah, it is. So um, it's, it's a, they took the, the necks from these. Okay. And, they pulled the frets, put in stainless steel. Yeah, ones. they basically did the same same thing with with stainless steel frets and then painted yeah. that stuff. And the body is essentially exactly the same. Now you know exactly you know what will same. will kick ass though. No, it's the uh, the American Ultralux Telecaster, which is like a whole other story. Yeah, right. So if you flip over to that thing, that yeah. makes sense, right? We got a transparent surf green finish with a transparent surf green headstock. Totally makes sense there. That's not dumb. Right, uh, that's one of the color combinations, and even the uh, the sunburst one doesn't look nearly as bad as the model Stratocaster picture they've been showing. Because because the Strat has a bigger headstock, it it just I think it's the I think it's the size. I think you're yeah. right. I think it's also I don't know. I think the Telecaster has enough black stuff on it, like in terms of the bridge pickup and yeah. the selector switch. Yep. To tie it all together it doesn't right and again. It, it's it comes it to like works. when you right when you match your clothing, you don't want a whole lot of of a color that sets it off. You want a color that's that's noticeable in two areas, like a certain shirt with a certain pair of pants. Oh, there's there's I, blue stripes in that, so you can wear that or whatever. On the Telecaster, I am absolutely thrilled that they bound it on the body only. Yep, because I could have seen them going. We're going to make an ultra lux Telecaster, and then we're going to bind the neck. And I just would shake my head and I go, "You don't need to bind the neck. Put cream binding on the body, and it's fine. It's a maple neck guitar." Yep. Um, even the three color sunburst model, uh, not the three color sunburst, but the um, the transparent surf green model looks. It looks appropriate for that. It's, like yeah. that, good looking guitar. Yep. Um, do they have? I know they have the belly cut but do they have the forearm contour on these like um, that would be the deal breaker for me as a player but for other people that's probably not a big deal i don't think they put the forearm only the belly cut now the augmented d neck is here i think d necks have more of a place on a telecaster than they do a strat i think there are probably a lot more tele players that would appreciate a d neck than they would than there would be strat players but I mean, it's not a UNAC. It's it's not like they're saying, "Oh, we're putting a we're putting a straight up Gibson contour on here." Right. But uh, I, I this this is marketable to me. This this yeah, doesn't. This one, it's not a failure. And okay. In the this green, is, this, this yeah. works, but it's, it's green, a little expensive. It, yeah, it makes sense in the green too. The mint. What are they calling it? Uh, transparent it's surf just, green. That yeah, looks it's good. transparent surf. Right. Yep. 
But so. they did some other guitars in the Lux line that I'm like, what the hell? Uh, American Lux Stratocaster Floyd Rose HSS. Yeah. What? Yep. Why does this thing even exist? I mean, I don't think there are many players today who are buying a $2,400 Fender wanting a Floyd Rose on it. Yeah, you're I paying a $100 up choice for, up charge for that Floyd Rose. On the uh, plus side, they appear to have got the colors better yeah. on the Floyd Rose. Well, again, they, they match the headstock. It's almost... <clears throat> yeah. The headstock makes sense on this one. Yeah, I mean, because... So you have all the extra hardware in the headstock, and I think it kind of looks better. Um, the black, the mystic black with the matching headstock, is that's what you would expect to see. It's a flat color with a headstock that matches, yep. right? Yep. Um, silver burst, because it's, because it's not wood grain, I think it works pretty well here. They, again, it's a matching black headstock to the outside burst, which, which works in this. And because it's got a black pick guard, yep. it looks appropriate. Yep. I, I, I honestly think these are not going to sell though because of the bridge. Yeah. I mean, if I'm buying a $200 strat, I want a strat bridge on it. Yeah. Or maybe a Kelly bridge. Maybe even a hardtail option. They did I the mean, same thing with the Telly. They put a freaking Floyd Rose on it. Yeah, I know that why I was getting there. How many Floyd Ro- how many players that play Telecasters want a Floyd? Uh John 5. Like, I just ran out most- of players. John 5 doesn't even play Telecasters with Floyds. I know, but he might want one. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, but what about that guy from Slipknot? Jim Root? No. No. It's the only one I can think of. I'm, I'm running I mean, out of telly players. It's definitely and, not and Brad it, Paisley. It's funny because the Strat doesn't have pickup rings. This one does. The Telecaster yeah. version has pickup rings. Why? And oh, I know why. The, I know why. Because of the way they mount the pickups. Yeah. yeah, but the dumb part is, so the American Ultralux Telecaster Floyd Rose HH is only available in one color. They yep, know this black. thing is that's right. One color, black, one color. with matching in stock. That's right. And you know what? I hate to say it. Out of the entire lineup, this is the one that looks the best. Yeah, it is. It's the nicest looking one. It, it's right. bound, right? Is it white binding? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the other line, though, because there's some other guitars that they can announce that, but that there's, are probably- there's guitars that are exciting. So let's talk about the ones that are good. So Chrissy Hind, they came out with yeah. a Chrissy Hind model. Um, I'm, I'm actually... I actually had to hold myself back from pre-ordering this. Okay. It looks cool. This is gorgeous. Now here's what here's what kills me. So it comes from Mexico, but before we before we say anything negative, before you say before anybody says anything next negative, it's a Mexican strat or telly with with number one, a nitro finish. Nitro from yep. Mexico. Number two, a Mexican telly with locking tuners. Okay. It's got top shelf hardware all the way across. Number three, because it's nitro, the whole guitar is nitro. What we've got is we've got a real nitro finish and a real aging because you can't just scratch nitro. Um, uh, you, you have to do it randomly. You know this is roadworn, right? Roadworn. That's what I mean. It, com- it comes roadworn. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that it came roadworn from yeah. the factory. So they're 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 um, uh, pre-cracking the finish, but yeah, everyone's I mean, going to look different. Hopefully, it's not going to be like that Paisley one where everyone looked exactly the same. But can they I, can did I, that on purpose. That wasn't. A, can that I tell, wasn't a uh, what do you call it model? 
Nitro. Can I tell a story about this? So, so like, but I honestly, I'm totally fine with them putting out Roadworn guitars. Yep. But even their custom shop models, unless you buy a master built, they have wear patterns that are CNC controlled. Because they, somebody did a um, they did an analysis. They took like 450 photos of strats that that were done by the custom shop and aged, and uh-huh. they could find like. They, there was none that were identical, but they could find them where they're like this wear pattern and this wear pattern on these two different finishes are identical. Yeah. So somehow some of this process that they use, which is proprietary, they don't tell anybody how they do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, is like computer controlled, and they know it, and then they kind of roll the dice in terms of which programs go to which guitars. Yeah. And so. It's kind of interesting because they'll say, "Oh, well, they're not they're not going to be no this this guitar is going to be going to be put out in a large quantity. Some of these will yeah. be very." very um, John Cruz, you can bet John Cruz did um, the same thing to fifty, sixty guitars. I mean, he's, if if he's doing one for you know um, Star A, it's going to be different, or Rich Person B. Yeah, but if it's a it by hand, it's going to make it different. I mean, that's right. that's where the where the pro- but but they were saying like literally like the checking is identical on these two guitars. So however they're doing it, yeah. it's like a machine did it. Right. And right. they were just alleging that the wear patterns were being done by machine. And that was like scandalous because they were like, Oh, but it's like, guys, when you do this kind of work, this stuff's so meticulous. If you did all of this by hand, yeah, it would just, it would take forever. Like you'd never be able to buy one because right. they'd be $10,000 plus all um, of them. Yeah. What I love about this too, they put the cigarette, I, I am a hundred percent sure that these will all look identical, but the mirror pick guard with the cigarette burn and the, um, yeah. underneath the thing from where she would rest her fingers and they would have, uh, um, nicotine on her fingers. I think that was a cool touch added to it. Um, I'm in on this one. I'm in on this one. I, the I, only, the only downside to it is that the neck has a seven and a quarter inch radius, but yeah, I, if I, I use said. this, yeah, if I use this as my rhythm cowboy chord guitar, I'd be I'd be fine with it. I would like for for them to do more of this roadworn stuff that's more like artist related. So, you know, like the Ingvay Mumstein play loud Stratocaster. That yep. was a guitar that had like an intense amount of road wear to it. Yep. Um and it's that's a, probably a poor example because I don't expect them to do Mexican scallop oh. guitars. But if they were able to do some of that level of wear out of Mexico, I'd pay nine hundred bucks for some of those. Yeah. Like well, this four thousand, but this was fourteen hundred. I mean, that's yeah, that's an appropriate but, price for that. But I'll tell you, the other thing that makes it worth the fourteen hundred. So it's got the knurled flat top. It's got the you know the right. um, the six saddle uh, you know through body telly instead of the freaking thing that you got to go through the vintage um, actual vintage fifty style um, single coil telly pickup instead of um, a a vintage. Um, a vintage pickup that didn't exist in the 50s. Um, uh, and the other good, cool thing about it, when you get down to the bottom, um, a synthetic bone, you know, get down to the bottom, case or gig bag, deluxe hard shell case. So they're going all out on this one. This, this is a, this is a get this one guitar. I like, I like this one. I am, I am in. And if it's around in January, I'm getting one. There's no question about uh, it. Cause I'm already putting that kind of money aside. So. So the Noventa, the Noventa line, which is a new wait, wait, line. Wait, wait, wait. Before we jump the Noventa. So then then they came out with a Jason Isabel, which is oh, okay. kind of like the Chrissy Hind. Um, it's oh, I didn't two, realize it was aged. 
I'll be damned. Yep, his is age too, um, and they're both they're both very. You know what about you know what about the the Isabel that that kind of pissed me off. So you're pricing it at fifteen hundred dollars. They must have been giving him a lot of money on his guitar because it's really not that hardware wise. It's not that big of much bigger of a deal than Chrissy Hines, and yet fifteen hundred dollars. It's got to be the pickups. That's what I was about to say. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars for this thing, and you get a gig bag. Yeah, come on. And they're licensing. They're licensing those pickups from Tim Shaw. Like that's them making them, but but Tim Shaw designed them. Yeah. Um. So the Noventas. Let's look. Let's talk about the no. The Noventas for the P ninety folks. The Noventas are an exciting thing. You've got one in the Telecaster. You've got two in the Stratocaster. You've got three in the Jazzmaster. Or Jaguar, sorry, Jaguar. No, it yeah. is a Jazzmaster. I, I kept thinking it was a Jaguar. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think this is need to exist. I'm um, not excited about them because that's already an aftermarket mod. Because with the swimming pool routes that Stratocasters have had for years, you can go out yeah. and buy a P90 loaded pickguard for a Stratocaster. The only one in this lineup that is even appealing to me at all is the Jazzmaster. The Jazzmaster, yep. And quite honestly, like I don't need the third pickup on a Jazzmaster. No. Uh, just give me two P90s and call it a day. Um, I'm looking to see what else is going on with this guitar that I didn't know about. And it's nine and a half inch radius, 20 mm medium jumbo, yep. modern C, right yep. neck shape. Yep. Uh, Oddler body. It's not, they're not doing, pulling any punches on that. It's older. Um, the colors are okay. I honestly think that that one's going to do well, but yep. as for the other, for the other two in the line, by the way, you know what these guitars are competing with, right? These are meant to go head to head with the GNL designs. Yeah, of course. That have the MFD, yep. the large size MFDs in them, the, um, the Doheny specifically. And, Oh, we'll, we'll just give you a third P90. Well, let me tell you something. P90s and MFDs are two different things. Uh, they sound somewhat similar, but they're really different pickups. And quite frankly, the Doheny is a cooler guitar than this. But the Doheny is slightly more expensive than this, too. Yeah. Um, well, but the Stratocaster, made... P90 Strat, seriously, yeah. That's just what buy I said. a no P90s in it. That's what I said. You can buy a P90. If you've got a Strat, um, get yourself a, you know P90s and be done. Um, I I'm going to talk, talk about I'm going to talk about why I'm going to buy an inextensive Strat in a little bit. But anyway, or at least a um, uh, one that I'm going to put together. But um, uh, And I'm going to base it around a set of pickups rather than being around the Strat. So um, I want a, I want an ultra feel, but I want I want these pickups. But anyway, and I want to pay ultra money for the guitar when I want to pull the pickups and throw them in the garbage anyway. All right, so um, the the thing about the, um, uh, the, the Noventa series to remember is, number one, they're made in Mexico, and number two, they come with gig bags. For $1,150, they're coming with gig bags. They are bringing the made in Mexico prices up, folks. Bringing them up. Yeah, basically what this is. Um, uh, two sixty-eight amps that I don't know if anybody really wanted, but there's a right, custom right, pro right, reverb right. and a custom vibro champ. Let me talk about the let me talk about the amps. So the yeah. custom pro reverb is sort of an amp that people have been asking for for a really long time. Okay. That they never that they never officially like have said that they were going to do. So I'm kind of excited that they finally did one to, to you know sate those people. I'm not a big pro reverb guy. I've never really thought they were that great amps. Mm-hmm. Um, I have played too many of them i think i played one in like 20 years right. so that's i don't think they're super common 
the uh, the 68 custom Vibrochamp Reverb, this is a living room amp. That's what this is for. This is for the guy who's got a real one, and maybe the real one doesn't work all the time, and so now he can get the 68 custom Vibrochamp to have in his house as his practice amp or maybe his living room amp. I honestly think this is a good move for them because this is a lifestyle product that isn't really a lifestyle product. Right. Um, personally, I if I was going to buy one, I would actually buy an original one about a thousand bucks right now for yep. for for a sixties Vibrochamp, a seventies Vibrochamp. You want to get a sixties Vibrochamp, you're looking at about fifteen hundred bucks to two thousand bucks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've actually been looking money. because I was like, yeah, I got all the amps I pretty much want. It'd be nice to have like something super portable. You know, that's um, the, that's the one thing about the Tone Masters that everybody says if they were a hundred bucks cheaper, they would be better off with them, but. They're still they're still priced too high. That's the yeah, that's yeah. But but you know what? I wonder how much of that's true. Like I, I wonder if they did drop the price, how many people would actually buy them? Yeah. Like that's kind of where my my thought that's, process is there. Because me too. Honestly, like going from the Kemper to, to back to real amps, and I'm I, dude, I'm totally content right now. I'd love for my Fillmore to show up, but I'm totally content right now. Um. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm kind of thinking like I don't know that I would be content if I had a tone master. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I that question not that it not that I would or wouldn't, but the fact that I that there's any doubt in my mind yeah. is definitely going through people's minds on those amplifiers. Which is why I've kind of wondered like I've heard several people say exactly what you just said. They're they're a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars too much. I think I've said that. And to be honest with you, even if they were $150 cheaper, I don't know if I'd buy one because I, I still have that moment of doubt where it's like, but I can get a 68 custom Vibrochamp Reverb for 750 which is all tube, and I know that I'm going to be happy with that to an extent because it's not a gigging amp. So if it breaks down, I really don't give a shit because I'll just take it and get it fixed, and I can wait for it to come back. Um, that's that Honestly, that and, and I'll, be, I'll be realistic with our listeners. This is the reason I don't own Fenders right now because – I have heard too many horror stories about uh, Fender problems. Now, I'm not yeah, talking, just talking about HRDs, but specifically even the stuff all the way up to the reissue lines, like the the 65 DRs and all those different amps that they they produce in the 65 you know reissue line. Um, they get fixed a lot, yep. which leads me to believe that there's something wrong with the design of those boards. And there's probably if you take it to the right tech, you can probably fix it all up. You'll never have problems ever again. Um, and then I think some of it has to do with the fact that they, maybe the board is run like a vintage spec, but the tubes, they suck. Um, and so they don't really run right. The other thing is if you've ever played a real one, the reissues really don't sound that great. They're not, I mean, they're harsh. They have a lot going on between 2.5 and 5k that the real ones don't. Um, so that's why I bought up Fillmore instead. Well, that's um, why I've got a t- tone master, but anyway, so <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you, you, that's a classic example. They sound different than the reissues that's because right. they are based on the original copies that the, the original you know models that Fender still has in storage, right? And and probably some that they brought bought from players over the years oh, as I'm well, sure. I'm sure. Uh, or borrowed from people like Joe Bonamassa and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so so yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the uh, the contemporary. I got to tell you, the Squire line is exciting. And the contemporary Squire line they've got coming out, which is the contemporary uh, Squire Stratocasters. Um, there's three of them. 
two of them are really cool. Um, I'm thinking mm, the HH, yeah. So they did an HH, big deal. Um, the Tele is cool, and the uh, is that a Jaguar? That's where I saw the Jaguar. I knew there was a Jaguar in here somewhere. Uh, and the Jaguar is cool. Um, so let's start out with what they did. So they took the middle pickup um, for the, the Stratocaster, and they brought it down so this sits right next to the bridge pickup. So it's not really a humbucker, um, but... Uh-oh, your, your, your sound went out. These have got some wild features on Yeah, so... Um, <coughs> bless you. Um, I just want to say that, that uh, they've got... These have got the uh, a, a cool bridge. Um, it, it, they've got the uh, two-knob controls. They've got um, uh, the 70s headstock, which I know you're not a fan of because it's a big headstock. I don't actually, I'm not against the big headstock. I, I think on the right guitars, it's cool. Okay. What's the... Um... Um, and um, they've got a nicer, I don't know if you noticed that the neck profile, but the neck profile... Roasted maple. Yeah, I mean, roasted. That's big, like that's the thing you should be pointing out. I, I is I was getting to the neck. Yeah, <laughs> roasted I mean, these... maple neck, twelve inch um, modern C or a twelve inch C shape, roasted maple, right there. That ask a question. Is super exciting when it comes Why to are the they... squire. Why are they? No, they come when it comes to Fender. They don't do roasted maple, right? Like across the rest of the lineup, they don't have anything roasted maple right nope. now. But look at Charvel, that. who's their subsidiary, has roasted maple. They yep. don't, which, which leads me to believe I don't want to buy any guitars from Fender right now because I think we're about to get roasted maple in other configurations throughout the line. Yep. Um, now, that said, looking well, at Chrissy this guitar. Hyde won't get roasted maple. I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, the, this, this guitar, these guitars, the um, – uh, the contemporary, uh, if you're, if you're looking, it's not my thing, but if you're looking for, and that telly in the, in the white. I think that telly's gross, but that's, that's me. I like it. Uh, I like it in the white, um, the pearl white, um, the roasted maple neck really sets it off. Um, and, uh, having the, the hot rail type thing in the, in the bridge and yeah, the um, real picture. Yep, and the and the um, volcanic or something there. It's like the atomic r rail or something like that. These SQR pickups. Atomic. What's that? Yeah, it's just yeah. their normal atomic humbucker in a rail format. It's the yeah. same formula. Um, Here's something right, else they did uh, for the Squire line that they've added. Let's let's look at what they've done. Roasted maple, modern neck. Um, they've uh, put those those nicer pickups and the and the better bridges in and then last but not least they finally gave them a neck a neck um heel carve finally not yeah, a great one, the heel. but it's a heel the, the carve. heel off the ultra so yep. and that's like and these are only 429 dollars I, I noticed they're starting to do that a lot more because i think they realize like that heel is just it's dude it's 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 a relic is what it is um on these guitars like Honestly, I kind of like the contemporary Stratocaster. I'm not going to buy one, no. but I kind of like them 
features that it has. Yep. I might buy one used if I yep. get one for like 250 bucks at some point. Um, but here's the deal. So the, the HH Floyd Rose one, yeah, it's a no brainer. They got to do that guitar. I mean, yeah. that's, they should do that one. Um, my problem is I don't really know how I feel about this pickup arrangement of the two single coils like that. Um, yep. I'm it's assuming you'd have to, yeah. Are they in series? Because if they're not in series, this is going to be dumb. It's going to sound terrible if they're not in series. It's just going to be dumb. Like I, I'd have to hear it. Wow, that I have shoreline, to that shoreline gold on the jazz looks really good. Yeah. So the switching position one is bridge and middle series hum canceling. So two is middle, three is middle and neck, okay. four is bridge, four is bridge. What? What is five? Yeah. Uh, five, five is middle and neck. Oh. What the what? hell? <laughs> what? I think they messed up there. I think no. they messed up. No, that's what they said. And you know why? Because the, the in order to make the, the one and two series in, in position one, you probably have to wire the switch funny in order to make that happen. And they figured that one, that, that having the uh, position four be the bridge... Sort of makes sense. So he's bridge in the middle of neck. Oh, no. Position four is bridge, middle, and neck. It's all three. Oh, that makes more sense. And then five is neck. So there's no bridge only position on this guitar. What? Okay, that kind of makes sense with what they're doing. I think for a lot of players that they would dig that. Yep. I take away my bridge position, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. I'm just gonna be real with you. But if it really does sound like a good humbucker in the bridge, yeah, like this might be a thing. Here's the problem with this guitar, though. It's not a Lego block. What are you gonna do if you have to replace uh, replace pickups? You can't yeah. get to the work in in series. Nope. You'd have to buy like individual pickups and and hope that they, you know, like Nick could make you set. All right. Yeah. He understands yeah. this behind. Us. Well, um, you know they're gonna be swimming pool route. Come on. So yeah, if they really wanted to. You could throw the, throw the whole thing. Out. I think this is made for the. I think this is targeting more modern players, younger people who want to do more it's, with their. And and I think there's nothing wrong with it. I I'm actually looking forward to check, checking this guitar out. Yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be cool. I do but too. I'm just I don't want black. If I was going to do it, it'd be skyburst metallic well, it probably. Would be the blue. Yeah. And then even then, on the god damn it, their sight in this load more button sucks. Why couldn't um, they? I know they're 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 returned. That's why I've been opening new tabs each time. I what's think the difference that between the HD and the the regular, their their color schemes, their color decisions are so stupid. The the Jazz Jaguar, I'm sorry, Jaguar. The Jaguar got the coolest color with the gold. Yeah, it's ugly. I, I mean, like the, the green one. The, the green gold is, is okay. The gold is good. But I, give me this with roasted maple, please. Like Indian laurel, I don't want an Indian laurel fretboard. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no. Oh, they went Just to the Indian thing. laurel on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Give me. Well, a, they, can't uh, do, they can't do rosewood out of out of squire. I mean, that's basically what it is. Correct. But the only option you have is the Indian laurel for the the fretboard, which is kind of sad. At least I'm just for happy to. They're, they're but, you know, if I was going to buy a Jaguar, this would be one of the ones that I would look at. Definitely. I'm happy that they're embracing baked maple. Listen, yeah. Fender, this is the best thing you've done in a long time is for you to understand that you need to adopt a more modern design aesthetic. 
Like, unfortunately, you can only sell guitars from the 50s and 60s for so long. And then we've been, we've been breaking Gibson over the coals for this for a while because they can't seem to do anything new. But yeah. this, I mean, they're basically admitting, like, we know that at some point we're going to have to do baked maple. Um, yeah. Gibson, I think, is going to get to a point where they actually do have to reinvent. I think they're trying to, right now, they're stop the burn. Like, control the burn. And then at some point, we're going to start to see Gibson do new things. Um, I think Gibson buying Mesa Boogie is evidence of them about to flip the script. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping. Um, so let's talk about pedals. Because really, there's no <laughs> other guitars that are exciting, to be honest with you. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. find any other guitars that were exciting. I mean, it was technically not till this week. Yeah, and and there. to be honest, ESP put some announcements out. I, um, Ibanez New Colors, yippee! Um, oh, Ibanez actually had a big year. Seven string AZs. Oh, that's that's the one. Wait, the seven string, not only seven string AZs, seven string Randy Rhodes and seven seven string King V's with Floyd Rose, which that targets the, that targets that audience perfectly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so that's a slam dunk for those guys. Um, but Ivan is actually so they have the AZS, which that's yep. that's a new thing. Um, and then of course, they, this is the one that was wild to me. They have a Josh Smith signature Telecaster coming out. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Huh? Wait, what?" Yep. It just, it's I'm honestly seeing the picture of it here. I'm still like, wait, what? Um, I, I completely forgot about it until I saw the picture. I was like, this is, I repressed it, I guess. It just now, doesn't seem to make sense to me. What's funny is um, Sweetwater boo-booed. So if you go to the Jackson X Series King, just look up KVX-MG7, KVX-MG7. Um. Tell me what's wrong with the third picture of that guitar. There's one, two, three, because you can't buy them yet. Which one am I looking for? KVX, that's King Victor X-Ray, dash MGX, or MG7, KVX. sorry. KVX MG7. Is it their hyphen? Yep, hyphen in between. And that's an Ibanez, right? Uh, Jackson. Oh, well, I'm on the wrong damn site. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm on Sweetwater, so I'm looking at all of them. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, that like this makes sense to me. Look at the look this at the is third. Oh, that makes perfect sense. This is a great guitar. This is a this is yeah. a, this is a slam dunk for Jackson. But look yeah. look I mean, at the third picture, the picture of the back of the guitar. What's wrong with that? Hang on. Compare it to the middle picture. Just flip between the two. What is going on here? It's the wrong guitar. They put a picture. They put a picture oh, of the Randy Rhodes. Yeah, I'm on, looking at. I'm looking at Jackson's site. You're looking at Sweetwater because I want to see oh, straight yeah, from sweet, the manufacturer when, I, when we talk about this stuff. Yeah, sweet twelve water. to sixteen inch compound radius. That's nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, Twenty four frets. It's CMGs. I mean, yep. take it, leave it. I guess that fits the metal market, right? It would have been better if they'd uh, used um, um, Fishman's, but. 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fishman Modern's the thing. But this is is this literally the first seven string uh, King V? I think it yeah. is. Yep. And yep. They, and the street price on this is nine hundred. Nine hundred I mean, bucks. Nine hundred bucks. That's a great guitar. It's a it's a it's a. Yep. Um, yeah, for people no. looking for um, a seven string V, this is it right here, man. This one and the Randy Rhodes one that they came up with. So they they released a Randy Rhodes version of this. Um, let me go back. Um, and uh, the RR or RRX twenty four MG seven. And this thing's smoking hot. It's in the same color scheme, so you really don't get any change there. But same thing, nine hundred bucks. Um, you get the Floyd Rose Prodigious Sustain. Uh, it's don't just, you don't you want to don't you want a Jiva Junior? No, no, I would not pay for a Jiva Junior. They can't sell the Jivas they've got. The initial yeah, run of Jivas didn't sell. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of excited about it until I played one. Um, yeah, they're, they're nothing special, really. Yeah, I'll be okay. honest with you. I'm, I'm looking through this uh, Josh Smith signature, and I'm like, yeah, I could, I can get down with this. It's a Telecaster version of an AZ, basically. Is this with and with who? With uh, Ibanez? Ibanez. <laughs> Which I'm like, what the hell? Why did Josh Smith go to Ibanez? This seems nuts to me. Um, it just seems like so unorthodox, but I guess like all the other great players are going over to AZs. I mean, the, the guys that are like in his generation. So it sort of makes sense. It is a, uh, it's the flat five one. So flat V one. Yeah. Um, and it is a roasted maple Ibanez Telecaster. And by the way, if you look at the, uh, the, the model pictures, that's clearly not a real picture. Um, yeah. You look at the neck; it's it's still being mocked up. This guitar is probably not available yet, but it will be, and it's gonna sell probably pretty well. But I just this is just seems like a really weird place for him to wind. Did you up. say it was Josh? Who? Josh Smith. Smith. I put Josh yeah. Scott for some reason. <laughs> oh no! And it's got the lumen lay side dots. And then, of course, the all of the seven-string AZs, which is, you know, that's, that's legit. Um, I uh, I got to admit, like, I would just picked up a great artist. I mean, that's – I'm really shocked that he went over there, but I'm not mad. I just uh, – I'm still kind of like, what the hell does this mean? I know, uh, look at this the- you know, for a minute, I wasn't sure who Josh Smith was. Then when I saw yeah, him, I was like, oh, yeah, I know who Josh Smith is. Yeah, he's the flat five guy. Um, this doesn't make sense. True five. Um, um, the, yeah. This does not make sense. This is like when Greg Cock – this says a lot about Fender because this is like when Greg Cock didn't go to Fender. You know, Fender yeah. is, is turning their backs on the it's YouTubers. a long-term and, relationship with them. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe that happened by the way, when, and I don't think we talked about that on the show when he went to Reverend, but like he's got, you know, almost 20 years of working with Fender. He supported them through the cyber twin. That was like his baby. And then when it came time for him to like start looking for signature gear, he went to cock amplification and he went to freaking, uh, Reverend for a signature guitar. 
which just seems absolutely bonkers to me. It's asinine. Um, and this is this is kind of the same thing. Like, this should have been a slam dunk. Somebody told me that Josh Smith was getting a signature guitar, and I went, oh, I'm waiting for the Fender announcement. Yep. And this is and coming out of Japan. Ibanez. This thing should yeah, be hot. It's an Ibanez, man. Oh, it's going to be a great guitar, I'm sure. That's what I'm 25 saying. 25 and a half I'm looking for the um I want to see the radius. So 250 a 250 millimeter radius. What is that 250 millimeters and in inches? Uh, that is close to a 10 inch. Yep. So this is this is like borderline um Oh, that's about that's a ten inch radius. You could call that. I it, they might call that nine and three quarters. They might call well, that's it what ten. It's a ten inch radius, but like that's borderline PRS. Yep. Which makes me wonder if, like, he wasn't talking to PRS at the same time. You know, we watched Mark Letary go over to go over to PRS too, and he oh. should have been a slam dunk Fender guy as well. I was like, I, I said Flat Five because that's his his company, Flat Five, and and then yeah. I looked at it, it was like, oh, it's the Flat Five One. At first, it was like, why is it called a Flat Six? Oh, it's a flat five one. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. He got he got to name it. I'm sure. Um, yeah. And and Which check that, out that uh, that control. I like the the smiley face curve of the control because cool it makes more guy. sense. It, it you know, and he's he's a big telly guy. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see him actually play this alongside his other guitars because Ibanez won't make him play just this. Like that's no. that's something Ibanez has been pretty clear about with other artists. Yeah. But this is this is a good move, man. Like yeah. I'm actually pretty excited about this guitar. I didn't even I, uh, catch this one. Didn't even catch my eye when I was looking at Ibanez's earlier today. So that's that's cool. Yeah, but I mean, like it's an alternative to a Tele. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, this will be hard. It'll be either the Chrissy Hyde Tele or this thing. <laughs> and that well, I mean that, I, and like quality level is going to be the same with both of those. Probably actually, maybe in the Ibanez might be better because it's going to be better. Be yeah, yep. Prestige, two thousand dollar guitar at least. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it'll be close to two grand. So, but I, I didn't see a whole lot of other releases that came out of them over this week. I mean, like, no. I've been waiting for the headless. Like, where is it, guys? Because it's they coming. Made a, they made it's, an announcement for a new, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Paul Gilbert. They made yeah, the Iceman in purple. Right. <laughs> which is a guitar he's been slinging anyway. Yep. But the difference between this and the other ones that he's had... This has got the 70s mini humbuckers, like the Gibson humbuckers from the 70s, which is kind of like a nice change for him because he's been playing the mini humbuckers anyway for a while. Um, and he was playing before that. He was playing DiMarzio injectors at one point, and then he had like regular full-size humbuckers in his guitars. So this is kind of more sort of like the middle-of-the-road approach. Yeah. Um, um, I, I like this one. Um his current record, um, so if you didn't pre-order his current record, because it's not, I don't think it's actually come out yet. Uh, I got, I got it on pre-order. When it comes out, it's really good. I would recommend everybody who's listening uh, check it out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so in the pedal world, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's a little early, but something that's exciting. I didn't realize that this was in um, conjunction with JHS. Is way huge has announced a pedal called a Alt. Now you'll know where this came from. Atreides. Now Atreides is the is the family name of the guy that was the star of Doom, right? The movie Doom. Yeah. So Atreides is supposed to be 
this reference to a bunch of sound effects that were from Dune. Um, with the the uh, the sonic weapon in yes. Dune that they that's it speak that's it and yeah. it is a word <laughs> like yeah. it's a whole thing. <laughs> and so the sonic weapon that's exactly right. So yeah, the voice in the weirding way, the, and it's called the weirding module in the movie. Yep. Um, yeah, and guess what? This thing is called the analog weirding module. Yeah, Trades yep. analog weirding module. Uh, God um, damn it. At, at first, I thought, okay, it's going to be because it's 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 a synthesizer. I'm like, oh, well, uh, so John Scott did some demos of it because um, it's a way huge pedal. But guess who's building it? JHS. So it's being I built don't think by JHS. I think this thing is sold out everywhere already. It already is. It's it, it and it's pre-order. You're, you're not going to get your hands on one in a while. But here's yeah. the beauty of this. This guy, Josh Scott, showed a little bit of this. This is a fuzz on steroids this thing is incredible this takes a fuzz and a little bit of an auto eye in some of the cases depends money. what's that to save money what the hell this thing is i want this awesome. i want this bad yeah this is it's um designed by george uh trips um and then he contacted josh scott and said can you build this for me here's the scams and uh schematics and uh we used to call them plates in the Navy. But anyway, um, yeah, it, and uh, yep, there it is. So guess what? This is going to be this is going to be cool. I thought it was going to suck until I heard Josh Scott play through it. And Josh Scott, no offense to Josh Scott, he's not a great player. He's a good player. He's just not great. And yet this thing, um, it rocked. And then uh, um, his the guy, the, the smaller guy uh, um, that normally plays the drums got on the guitar and played a – a little solo thing um and uh they had the bass player play like a um like a was beatles it, was come it, together thing and it was and it was music from dune <laughs> yeah yeah and it was really cool they pulled it off it was really cool and josh sat on the drums to do that song it was pretty cool do you know how hard it is for me not right now to not go to youtube and watch this video yeah i am watch really it after we're done i'm serious yeah, i'm, I'm done too. Yeah, that it's I'm not a long watch. one, and it's really good. It's really good. And uh, here I go coming into this video or this uh, episode tonight, and thinking I'm just going to be pissed about everything I everything coming out of Nam this year, or out of the pseudo Nam this year. And I'm sitting here going, "Damn, man! Like, there's some good stuff. It's it's kind of kitschy, and yeah, they're they're going hard for people's money right now. They want um, them stimulus." Ibanez, yeah, I was going to say that stimulus check would be gone in a minute. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the um, Ibanez came out with two new pedals. I guess they think we need a phaser and a um, I can't remember what the other one is in mi in mini form. Oh, oh oh a boost a boost pedal. Not even a not even a TS nine hundred nine or an eight hundred eight. It's yeah. Here's a boost pedal and here's a phaser and they're not even like you know models of really good ones. Um, in a miniature form, so I wasn't really excited about that. Um, Dunlop did announce a new uh, bass uh, wah pedal, um, which is a little bit it's exciting. Is it the the mini one? The mini one? Uh, nope. It's oh. uh, the the badass custom badass crybaby wah, and this thing is one hundred and ninety nine ninety five. It is not cheap. Um, Chrome, 
Uh, it's got some nice accoutrement. It's, it's, their, it's their custom shop line of pedals. So yeah. all the parts are going to be good. And, and the custom shop over there is basically run by George Trips anyway. So yep. this is George Trips pulling out all the stops, putting it in the Dunlop name, and selling a, a great walk. That's, That's basically right. what it is. Yep. He had he had JHS do one thing and and uh, um, now here's the other one that I thought that this is the this is the other thing I found that was kind of cool. So um, Joe Bonamassa has teamed up with Seymour Duncan for a set of pickups called the fifty five. Yeah. Um, I saw them. They're really expensive. They're, it's $550 for a preloaded pick guard. Here, I'll save you some money. Just go to Nick Bongers and get uh, at Great Lakes Guitar Pickups and have him make you a set. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was I was interested enough to go to Job Bonamassa's site and check them out. You can get them separately for $350, $355. 20 more dollars and they age them for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, aged pickups. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the age thing as it is. Age it yourself. Play it. Play it. Well, the mags um, change over time, and I don't know how you can artificially emulate that. No, all they're doing is aging the white. They want the white to look aged. It means the fucking magnets get weak. Yeah, that's yeah. all it means. Yeah, over time, that's what happens with a magnet. It weakens. It, even if you don't do anything with it, it will weaken over time because you've removed it from the earth. So anyway, the um, plus these are synthetic magnets, right? So, but anyway, um, uh, pre-wired single coil pick guard passive um, Alnico four set. So that was that was the other thing that kind of came up. Let me see. I've got some notes I took. Oh, so Slash obviously um, released. Uh, um, a picture, I think, too early. Because <laughs> I don't think Gibson was ready to to talk about it. And um, that's the Epiphone um, Slash models. I think they're going to yeah. sell well. I think they're going to do well. I, what I would do if I bought one, which, which you know, if the right one comes along, I would, um, is I, I would buy an Anaconda Burst, or I mean Appetized Burst, and... Then I would go to Nick Bongers and have him make me a set of pickups because I haven't met a set of Epiphone pickups I like yet. I don't care how many you know times they brag about funny, them. Funny. Like, this is nothing new. He's had models with Epiphone before. Yep. These are just new Epiphone models for him. And, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that they have different colors. At least they're, at least they're figuring that part out is yep. that people don't want to buy the same damn colors. Um, I'm sorry, but if you're doing Les Paul standards, the three colors should not be burst. <laughs> like you should have a burst, and then you should have a red, and you should have a blue. <laughs> it's like what the hell is that? Are you talking yeah, about the ones that uh, um, Slash did? No, I'm talking about the fact that that uh, in the Les Paul or in the Les Paul lineup for the standards right now, in the current like mainline lineup. They're only doing burst models. They have three models. Oh, they do the they do the gold top. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. I mean, this is not that that's totally self-serving people that that can't afford, you know, to get a real one. And like I just feel like they need to offer at least one other color. 
and, and and black is not a color. Okay, so let's let's just nip that in the bud right now. Right. Um. So if you want to offer black as an option, that's fine. But geez, give us like red or green or something. So that's why I'm kind of like at least in the Epiphone lineup for the slash models, there's going to be a green and a red and a. I mean, they may be bursts, but they at least are different than, you know, a lemon burst or a or a a, a no burst. Well, like the, it, they're, they're not even different bursts. They're just so different the shapes. Is, yeah. What, the the thing is that that Gibson had to leave room for the exclusives for for stores. Number one and number two, um, that's always a thing. And number two, when it came to those models, they said that they were stripping it down. Um, yeah. And, well. They stripped it down in the wrong way, and they and they um they went to well, you, I don't know. It, the gold top came. Um, you can only get P nineties in gold top. That's it. Then right. they did the right. fifties come in the um in the Harris Cherry, um uh, tobacco, and uh, uh, gold top. That's it. And then the sixties come in the unburst. I, I think it's two colors, right? The unburst and the T burst. Is that what it is? Yeah. And that's it. I mean, um, yeah. I, I well, think because, because that it, way they're they're like, you know what? If you want the more interesting colors, you're going to go to the exclusives and you're going to go to uh, these slash models. You'll pay $500 more, get slash pickups and get slash colors. And now yeah, they're saying. That's, so, therein lies the problem. I don't want a slash model, right? I want right. a Les Paul standard. Yep. Um, and the other problem is the, uh, the exclusives, I haven't seen any of them. Me either. Like I, I don't a single exclusive. I don't know if they've done an right. exclusive. Um, and That's I what I'm saying. Feeling... Like, I don't think that ever panned out. If that was their plan. Yeah. If, if it was, uh, it didn't work out. Um, but that said, these Epiphones. I've got them up on my screen right now um, for everybody to see. The Epiphones are definitely. It's on. It's on his Instagram. If you go to Slash's Instagram or just yeah. Google Slash's Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely interesting colors. You got a gold top. You've got um, that that one on the left is supposed to look like the same color as mine. So the lighting must suck in that room where he took the shot, or it's way too orange, and that's going to be an ugly color. Um, uh, no, you can tell the room's lighting is terrible. It's yeah, atrocious. The the, uh, um, the red one, I think, is the oh crap. The the green one's the anaconda burst. I can't remember what they call the red one. The appetite burst is the, is the one on the left. The gold top is a gold top, and then they've got a uh, um, right. I think November burst is the red one. And, that's yeah. it. You are right. November rain. Yeah. Yep. So I the like rain them. Is green. I would probably get the um, the one on the right, or the or the gold top, and then I get some bongers pickups in there. I need to have some headstock surgery. I think. Unless, unless. <laughs> Unless um, they really did something exciting with the slash pickups in an Epiphone uh, version. But we'll I would say the likelihood of me getting a PRS is higher than this. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Chrissy Hind one is at the top of my list right now, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see yeah I mean, I did have the, the Nita Strauss was on the top of my list a couple of years ago. and I told you the Jiva was not all it was cracked up to be. I mean, I I played one. I was like, yeah, it's pure. Or it's, a, it's an Ibanez. It's, you know, it's a typical Ibanez. So what um, um, our friends at uh, Kaiser did, uh, going to the the um, here's some dumb things nobody asked for. So Kaiser thought it would be a good idea to come up with new colors. 
for, let me put this up on the screen, because these are the new ones, um, for 2021. And they came up with uh, the, uh, let's see, the neon pink, neon orange, neon green, and neon yellow. Thank you, Kaiser, for doing absolutely nothing new to your pickups. I mean, your, your uh, capos, except making them another color and then forcing every dealer to probably have to have a certain number of them in their stores and uh, and then <laughs> making yeah. them take up um, space on their display um, thing. Do you have I to? Don't... It's just dumb. I, do you, you know, and do you I see how many never... colors there are. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Of the exact same one. There are however many factory that makes stuff for Wish as available to paint these. 18. Um, 18 yeah. of them. All of them are 1995 and all of them are quick change capos with the same. Just buy direct you can get it engraved. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Dude, what's the other company that makes the capos that have like the, the uh, bling on them? Um, there's another company that failure? makes capos that are like dollars or something a piece. Is it Thalia? Maybe it could be Thalia. Thalia makes um, expensive capos that that. Uh, it's like it's a capo, guys. Like what the hell? I know, Thalia capos are like fifty dollars. Some of them are crazy expensive, but I've seen uh, there's another company that makes them that are like a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a piece. I'm like, who buys this crap? It's like it's diamond studded and shit. And you're like, this is this is ridiculous. Nobody's gonna buy this. It's a capo. You lose them at gigs. That's what they're there for. Yep. I notice I did not say use them at gigs. You lose them at gigs. Um, um, there's always that one song I need a capo for. $85 for the blinged out. Let me put this up on the screen. $85 for the blinged out version of it's a blue anaconda or blue anaconda. Yeah. Blue abalone and yeah, dove. It's only seventy five bucks over at Thalia.com. I'm at I'm at Thalia.com. Oh, no Thalia Capo.com. No Blue Abalone is seventy five bucks. Plus yep. shipping. Oh, this one says eighty five. Microfiber bag. I wonder which difference between yours versus mine. You just read out it. You're at ThaliaCapos.com? Yeah. And you're seeing Blue Abalone for seventy five? Abalone, seventy five bucks. Mine says eighty five. The fact that you have financing for capos, I know. When you have to have financing for a capo, your expense, your capos are too effing expensive. The purple heart <laughs> is sold out. The African uh, wing uh, is on there. That one's sixty-five. Um, they've got phone cases. This is got a twenty-four karat one too. Twenty-four karat gold with blue abalone. Yeah, I saw that one. So it's an engraved. Covers from them. Thalia makes some dumb stuff. Rosewood yeah. capo. Yeah, it's great. Can't can't buy use rosewood. Buy your capo. Twenty four karat gold. Yeah, what I what I want to do is I want to put twenty four karat gold on something that will fall off my guitar. Somebody could easily steal. Yeah, like oh my god. Who thought this they was got, a good idea? There's no there's no gold in that at all anyway. Oh, Thalia. Thalia, I hardly yeah. knew ye. Oh, Thalia, I hardly knew ye. 
Yeah, we have some in the we had some in the store when I was still working there. Remember when I we worked at Guitar Center? That was a long time yeah, ago. That was a couple of weeks. That was a thing <laughs> happened one time. That one time at um, camp. But uh, yeah, um, so that's that's uh, um, pretty much the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's going to be more Nam stuff probably next week. So we'll because we'll, because I know that some people like chose to do their launches later and. Um, they're talking about, you know, various companies. I think we've seen most of this stuff though. Reverend's Boss been doing some. So What's that? Boss hasn't done anything yet. No, nope, Boss think. hasn't done anything. Um, Reverend will. has, has given, um, Ken Haas has been out there leaking pictures from the side of certain guitars. They look exciting. Reverend, Reverend puts out some cool stuff. So, um, that's, that's, I think Greg, if you're in the market for an import guitar, I think Reverend's the place to start actually. Yeah. Yeah, Ken, Ken Haas, good guy, um, and uh, uh, obviously, um, uh, you know, it's not everybody's bag, but I think that Greg Cox's guitar is cool looking, um, and a great uh, tele alternative. That's why this jo- this um, uh, Josh Smith guitar is um, also a cool tele alternative to people who don't want to. What's that? It's exciting as shit to see to see that like some of the stuff that's going on right now. There's a lot of moves going on with with artists, and I'm the first person to tell you like I don't give a crap about who's who's artist who's got who's artist, but like it's interesting to watch this because we we lived we started this podcast and most of the artists were on Fender and Gibson. That's right. And like, now like like people are just abandoning ship and they're going to other places and um, these other companies that we thought were sort of you know down on their luck or like Ibanez I knew the AZs were big but I never thought that they would be like another brand that I would be looking at and going yeah you guys are moving and shaking right now well, you know, really so we know that Ibanez has always got a, had a great lineup with artists and they have a they have an excellent artist relations yes um, they do Gibson was losing people and they're gaining people the one that's losing people that that they should get losing them before they even yeah, get them anyone is fender it's like how the hell is this happening yep oh the, the chrissy hind and the um the jason isabel are the only two look at look at um fiore should have gone um should have been a fender it's a it's right. a prs mayor should it, have been a fender years ago yeah um and that's because he has good business sense you know yeah um i really I, I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen to Fender. I think they should. I honestly, if I were them, I'd be pulling their plug on their artist relations department. Meaning, oh. I would be looking at personnel changes because oh, it yeah. really sounds like there's something wrong there. Um, and I can't imagine that's doing them any favors. But maybe they're looking at it. And they're going, "We're making so money on so much money in the lifestyle side. It's they not worth care. even messing." Yeah, they yeah. don't care. They're going to find out. They're going to have to care, but they don't at, care. At, at, the situation that's going on over at Gibson right now was that there was a, a long period of apathy. And then all of a sudden, Jesco gets a fire under his ass to fix the company. And he's like, but mostly because the investors are like calling for his head. And he makes the Firebird X. Like, what the hell? Um, well, there's one available in the in the um, Gibson marketplace or the Gibson forum right now. If you got a guitar to trade, he'll take it. I'm sure there's one still sitting down there at Villa Park Guitar Center here in, in, uh, in Illinois. Right if they now, haven't burned it for heat. Oh, I'm sure it's still there now. <laughs> if they haven't burned it for heat for firewood. Yeah, I mean, it might be better off. Like, 
maybe they need to destroy it. Maybe this thing, maybe that's what's caused this coronavirus thing. Like it, we didn't destroy all the firebird X's. So the curse is still on us. And that's why it's so bad right now. I'll tell you that that's a possibility. Um, so <laughs> what am I most excited about this year? Personally, the way huge pedal, I was not excited about till I saw Josh Scott's uh, video. I am excited about that. Um, I am excited about the Chrissy Hyde. I've said that several times tonight. Um, but I do want to check out that Josh Smith now that I've seen that. Um, and uh, only because I like the way that they changed that um, access to the controls. I've always felt that tele controls are kind of clunky. Always. Telecaster, um, you know, baked maple neck, uh, looked like it had comfort contours, I think. Yep. Yep. It. It checks a lot of the right boxes. It checks a lot and it's of got, boxes. It's got one of the best tele tele players there is right now. Oh god! Back. If if that folks, guy. if you haven't listened to, yeah, if you haven't listened to Josh Smith, check out Flat Five. Um, check out his. Uh, he does a weekly thing where he does a lesson, and this yeah, I watch. Well, I'm talking to the people that are listening to us. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is he's the kind of guy, folks. If you haven't checked him out, um, and you like any kind of music. Um, he is just a, a top-notch player, and his interviews are always, always exciting and interesting. Um, yeah, I, I dig his interview podcast stuff just as well as I do him sitting in front of the camera showing things. Yep. And um, honestly, not even for that. Like, he's an incredible musician. Anyway, go get his records. Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Inception. His record, oh, Inception. Yeah. Repeat on my on my phone since I started listening to it like three weeks ago, and it's I mean that's an old record. It's been around for yeah, that's 10 one years of his, or so. Yeah, that's one of his early ones. I just he flew under the radar for me. I had no idea, and then he snuck up on me. Yep. And I was like, I was listening to some stuff, and I was like, oh my god, who is that? He literally and I just started more, and I was like, god damn, like this guy's really really good. Why haven't I heard more? He um, snuck up on me about uh, about a year ago. And I don't know why I'd never heard him because I I'm fans of just about everybody he's worked with, you know, yeah. um, Scott Henderson and, and uh, you know, um, Larry Carlton and um, those guys. And it's like huh. he had a big session career. He, he yeah. actually started off. He's had a big session career. He's a, um, a well-respected blues player. Um, yeah. He's friends with Mike Land now. I mean, yep. um, and all these different cats in the L.A. scene. He comes from Florida. He's been playing since he's 12 years old. I think his best friend is Joe Bonamassa. I mean, Bonamassa gave him a 59 Les Paul and said, here, take it out on the road. Yeah, he and, of course. Yeah, he and Bonamassa are, are uh, kind of the same age and kind of came up through the same, right. even though they lived on uh, separate ends of the of the continent. Or, I mean, of the of – the, um, it's, it's a story about Danny Gatton where they were talking about they both knew him. Like, yeah. that was – that's a thing. And they were, they were like 12 years old when Danny Gatlin's alive. You know, they were on, yeah, they uh, were on each other's podcasts. Uh, he, um, Scott was on Nerdville and, um, uh, Bonamassa went on to the flat five. But the interesting thing about the, the stories that they tell is how, even though one lived in Florida and one lived in New York, cause Bonamassa lived in Ithaca or Rochester area. One of those two. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, cause, um, and what do you call it? Lived in Gainesville, right? Or somewhere around there. Uh, so it, it's interesting how they both go. And now they both have a place in Nashville. So yeah. I, I, they don't act. They didn't actually both know Gatton. Um, 
Bonamassa did. Bonamassa right. took lessons with. Him. Yeah. Um, but but uh, what is interesting is like those three guys, like him, Greg, Greg Cock, yep. and uh, Bonamassa, are really the three dudes right now. That, as far as I'm concerned, those are the three best guitar players there are right now. They are the you current watch, three kings. Yeah, I mean, I know people are like, people are gonna poo-poo that, and they're gonna say, well, you know, guy X or whatever. But but you have to understand, this is the current generation of people. Yeah. Like these are the guys that are just now. Now Bonamassa maybe is like prior generation, but like Josh Smith and and Greg Cock. If you talk about these guys ten years ago, nobody knew who the hell they were. You know what I mean? Like this is this is this generation's music in in the sense that like I guess my generation of guitar players we're in our 30s now we're kind of the boomers that were boomers when i was younger and i was looking at you know what are all these people listening to and it yeah. kind of like scratched like i don't understand the obsession with stevie ray vaughn as much as they have because there's these other dudes that i know about but um and that's kind of like uh it's i'm looking at it from that perspective is these are the popular dudes right now yeah i can't imagine greg because greg cox probably 20 years older than both of them you know, I think Greg is uh, Greg is within a year of me, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's an older dude, but he has the respect of his peers. And I mean, like I've seen him jamming with, uh, with, with actually both of those guys in different in different settings. So I, I just always so said like, yeah, he's they are three, three players that I would say are very important to me. Maybe I'm over asserting myself here, but I, I honestly think they're three of the top players that there are right now. And then, of course, there's Tosin Abbasi and these other guys that are pushing the envelope. But, like, I look at what those dudes are doing is very tasty, and it's super blues-oriented. Um, he is he is two years and one month younger than I am, Greg Cock. So let's yeah, not make look him at, too old. <laughs> don't look at Josh Smith's age. Uh, let me look up Josh Smith. May as well. He's, he's older than you think he is. He's in his – I know he's got to be in his 40s because of some of the stuff he's talked about. Um, what's that? Only 41. Yeah. Um, which, which means that I haven't been doing enough with my guitar playing. I need to catch up. Um, my wife come in, she she came in and I was talking about how good Josh Smith is. And she came in, she goes, you could be that good. I looked at her. I was like, first off, screw you for thinking I'm not that good. Second off, thank you for telling me the truth. Third off, I can. <laughs> like, <laughs> can. I know you can. I've heard you're it's playing. Just like, like, how do I, how, how do I approach this problem? Like I have to solve for X. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, um, uh, you know, th- these guys live and breathe it. I mean, you know, um, well, if I had the ability right now. And I told, I told my wife, I said, he even admits the reason he's so good is because he went to California and he knew he was good enough to get some small time work while he was there. Like yep. when he, when he went wife and, and he said, I knew I could do that. And then he got in with the good players. He says, sorry, as soon as I started playing with people that were better than me, yeah. I got even better. That's, that's and it, exactly and right. That has to happen. So you like, I'm got sitting to here. Stop hanging out with losers like me and start <laughs> finding great players. I'm serious. I'm, I, I, you've got to hang out with like, I mean, Batio lives right there. You know, once this yeah. COVID thing is done, you said you need to say, "Hey, you know what?" Or actually, you're not far from you're not far from cock. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna. I was thinking about doing Milwaukee. some cock lessons. He's on. 
while he's on uh, hiatus just to introduce myself and play with him and stuff. Yeah, um, I, I would take it. And Tim Pierce gives lessons. You could take a couple lessons from Tim Pierce. I would like what I would like, Jim, what I, I would actually like think, to do. I, and this is not a knock on Tim Pierce, guys. Please don't take this the wrong way. I think you already know anything that Tim Pierce could teach you as far as the playing goes. It's how to apply it that Tim would teach yeah. you. There's no, there's no uh, technique that Tim well, Pierce would teach I'll, I'll freely admit this. We were talking about Josh Smith the other day because I was talking about True Fire. Because I'm like, I'd like to learn how to play through changes, right. but I'm not the traditional guy that like wants to learn it in the jazz sense. I want to be able to do it with like blues and and other and other forms of music. And I'm looking at players who could do that. Like Josh yeah. Smith is a Josh guy where, and then this is what's great about him. And and this is what I wanted to, wanted to kind of bring it full circle here. The reason why I'm attracted to his playing is because. When he plays, he doesn't have to play the damn chords. Nope. Like he'll play some riff thing and you know what the chords are. That's exactly right. Yep. But he's just so good at outlining it that you don't even like question it. Yeah, it's you just, don't even realize you, it. Just listen to a ten minute guitar solo of him playing the chords, you know. Yep. Um and that's kind of where I want to go. So I was actually gonna do the true fire lessons for him and see yep. what I can get out of that. Yeah. And then I was gonna go to Gregory Cockery, yeah, and I was going to see what he can show me, because um, he's a technique guy, like kind of like me, where we just like to do freakish shit that you shouldn't be able to do on the instrument. Um, yep. And I think I will be able to relate to that a lot more, um, and maybe get some stuff out of that. But I'm I'm actively like I'm thinking. So I'm 36 years old. Um, this will be my final thing for me in this podcast. So if people want to sound off in the group and share your thoughts with this on me, I'm 36 years old. I'm too old now to get into like heavy metal type stuff in my opinion. Um, and do that for the rest of my life. And I'm kind of setting myself up for like, who, what, what player am I going to be? Like, so I'm still kind of like gravitating towards roots rock and rock and roll and like hard rock. I'm, I'm sort of over, you know, the hard rock, like guns and roses and stuff like that. Um, and I can do that stuff already. So that's not terribly um, crazy to me, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's like what excites me most right now is sort of like this new blues fusion thing, which is not really so much uh, the jazz oriented side, but like taking elements of blues and applying it to other kinds of music. And people call it blues rock at one point, but I don't think it's just rock and roll anymore. I mean, no, I, you listen to like Still a Josh Smith show. He's doing, some, he's doing something in seven eight, and you're going, "What the hell?" Like he's playing blues music in seven eight. Like what is this crap? Um, but that's totally kind of where where I see myself heading. So I'm just going to start targeting players like that and start learning the stuff and try to try to build that and look for you know quality opportunities for me to do master classes and that kind of thing where I can learn um, things that aren't basic anymore. Where yeah, I can I'm, get beyond that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at taking some lessons uh, in the next year. My my goal to myself, as I have already said, was this is a year of no gear. This is so that I can spend a year or two saving up some money, putting it aside for something really nice. Um, and uh, that's why I'm doing it. Uh, number one, number two. Um, uh, so. I went to guitar. I, I got right after I said year of no gear, I got the guitar. You know how they send you um, uh, like a $20 gift card or something. So I said yeah. a $20 gift card. I'm like, 
I'm not buying gear. I even said I wasn't buying strings. <laughs> so I didn't. I went to Guitar Center. I bought this hat. So there you go. There's my $20 hat that actually cost me $4.99 because it was $25. Um, <laughs> and I got you my. You bought a gift. bought a Mesa Boogie hat. I, made, I bought a Mesa Boogie hat. It's right here. There's my Mesa Boogie hat. And it's gold. So it's now I'm a gold top. Get it? Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a terrible dad joke, but there it is. That's all I got for you. Um, so the, the guitar rack is going to be empty because that guitar right there, the Stratocaster, is leaving in a couple of weeks. Uh, I got to make whatever videos I want to do with it. The red strat that's behind. I was going to say the red one, not the ultra, no, not the ultra. The red one is going cause that's my son's. So there will be a hole there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fill it. So, um, the wall will actually get lighter. Um, the acoustic is in the other room. It's in its case. My son just said to me, he goes, why don't you want to take it out of the case? I go, well, it's kind of dry and heat's running. Uh, but I do have a, you can see the corner of it right there in your screen. That's the. Oh, uh, I'm still having problems finding a case for my acoustic. Yeah. We can talk after the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a tough one. Um, so uh, I am going to get. I'm going to admit freely that I need uh, what is it, Easy Drummer, um, to do recording. Yeah. I'm not calling that drop. I'm not calling that uh, gear because that is a that's a piece of software that I need. Um, look for to... look for the next two weeks. You're going to see some tutorials show up for me on how to do drums uh, for non-drummers. So I'm going to buy Easy Drummer uh, tomorrow because I've got some stuff with uh, with Sweetwater, so I may as well do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not even going to buy cleaners. I have all my cleaners. I have all my rags. I have my uh, strings. I have all my cables. I have all my microphones. There's absolutely no excuse for me to darken Guitar Center, Sweetwater. Something breaks. What's that? Something breaks. Yeah, unless something breaks. Knock on wood, it will not. Because I can't afford well, we, to have any of these guys break. Your interface was gone. I was like, well, there goes your no gear. <laughs> oh, my God. my mic I thought, my, yeah, when we started this, I thought either my microphone or my focus right was fucked. I was like, oh, no, come on, not now. Um, but, no, it was uh, it was just my bit rate on my computer. Um, but yeah, I need to, I need to take some lessons. I need to, uh, bone up on my stuff, um, doing the, the, so let's talk, um, briefly and I can actually cut this part, um, into, into a thing. Cause I want to talk briefly about what we talked about with the, with the new theme song. So the new theme song is coming folks. Um, this is exciting to me, um, uh, because David sat down and he wrote a 32, I want to, I want to talk about how important and how hard this is. He wrote a 32 second piece of music 32 seconds okay that is that is a commercial okay yeah that's, that's bars or... right um yeah was it 16 bars I think so. 18 bars something like that we've got yeah, the number on there i think it came up it was weird it was like 17 or something because i said what is, what is that number and it was like oh that's the bars might have been 19 anyway it doesn't matter um the point is so he wrote this this uh music and um, he, this is like creating poetry with, with music. And I want to talk about how important that is because he had to leave room for two, for three things in there. Four. He has, in that 32 seconds, there's four different musical sections. There's an introduction where I can sing a thing that I'm trying to come up with. There is a part where I get to do a solo. There's a part where David gets to do a solo. And there's a part where we harmonize a solo and then we go out. 
think about that for just a minute. 32 seconds, four individual parts. Two harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I. <laughs> Actual guitar solos from the both of us, two harmonies. Yep. Included. And it's, you know, 32 seconds long. It's, it's everything but the kitchen sink in a very short time period. Yep. And then I did the drums for it. You're going to yep. do the bass for it. I did the bass. Um, I may have to re-record the bass. You may have to get a new bass from me. I might do that okay. tonight. Um, the only reason is I, I realized I didn't use a bass cap. <laughs> came out of the IR. Use a bass cap. What's What's funnier is when you listen to that bass line, um, you might think it drifts just a little bit a couple times. Guess what? When you hear it, I couldn't hear it. I just played by feel. I went, I was like this. <laughs> and I actually hit the timing of that, that riff, yeah, that, that uh, end, harmony yeah. part riff that, that I put the third part of the harmony on the lower fifth. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, folks, it, it, the, the thing I want to talk about is, so David, when you came, when you went to do the, when you went to write the, the theme, what were you thinking? <laughs> no seriously well we need something short because we need something that can work on the um on the youtube videos where we can cut a section of it and say this is the and i was thinking we would just use the harmony part at the end yep. as this is our theme for the videos and then we can use the regular theme on episodes like yep. just the whole 32 seconds um and I was kind of thinking, like, how do we do this in such a way? Because we're because the old one we had was like over a minute long. Yep. Um, and it was it was good, but it was like this is after you've heard it a couple times, you're just skipping through it anyway. And on yep. and to put it on the um, the videos on YouTube, it's it's unruly. Yep. So basically, what went through my head was like, what can I do? I need a really short chord progression. That was the first thing I thought. And then I need, so it's really going to be more like just a riff, right? Yeah. And then I need drums, which that was my first thing is like, okay, so before I do anything, I'll open up my DAW and I'll put drums down, which is what I did. And then I went back and I played a couple of well-known chord progressions that I use all the time. And I said, okay, so we'll use this. Yep. And once I had that in place, like it pretty much wrote itself. I, I knew that I, we were going to do two solos. Like I figured... The the original idea was actually to do the two solos and then have them kind of meet in the middle, um, but I'm like no because it's gonna be it's gonna be too hard to do it that way. We'd be better off to do the solo parts. And actually, I was kind of like going back and forth. Well, do I do the first one? Do you do the first one? And I was kind of thinking, well, since I'm gonna lead the harmony, I'm gonna write the harmony. We might as well just do mine first or mine second, and then yep. we'll lead into the harmony. Um, and that was basically how it, how it got written. It was there was nothing too crazy. In fact, I think um, it's not the same chord progression throughout, right? Like I think I changed the the final chord is a different chord or something. Um, it is last. the second to the last chord is a different chord. There's a there's a B. Um, yeah, and it's because I wanted to I wanted to do a full cadence. Yeah, so it would draw it to close. Yeah, so it kind would... of voice leads over from the from the fifth into the into the root. So that was kind of cool. So. Um, uh, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the musical theorist theory stuff uh, theorist stuff because that's what I do when somebody says hey I want you to write a part and I overthought a, uh, um, this thing maybe 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 not.
But so I knew that that number one, I wanted to sing at the intro, and it has to be just again. I I have to come up with an E. E. Cummings two line poem, right? That, that I'm going in the lead. Bar. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to write lyrics, and I've been writing lyrics for two days. Um, I kind of do want to do a walk right in, sit right down type thing from the um, from the uh, the Doctor Ho or Doctor Hook, right? And the medicine show, Doctor Hook. Yeah, Doctor. Sounds right. No. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, um, I know it was in the medicine show. Was the was the band? Um, but uh, so <clears throat> um, I. I Wanted to do that kind of thing. They, they're the ones that did walk right in, sit right down, baby, let your hair hang down. But I know that that's too long. So I need a walk right in, sit right down. I need that. Um, so I'm trying to <laughs> trying to do that. Um, and so when David sent me the chord progression, um, which he didn't write it out. He, know, he wrote none of this stuff out. I had to do it all oh, my ear. He's got ears. He'll figure yeah. this out. Yeah, he's like, ah, it's not hard. <laughs> Jim, Jim's got this. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't give you like, like four part harmony or anything. It was like, it's simple triads, but yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice E G a, um, C progression. What's funny is it doesn't go back to the E until the end. Um, actually till the last bar you play the E again, and then you on the, on that last go around, you end on an E, but you, um, hit a B on the way back to the E. So it goes, it goes E G A. Then it goes C G A C G A E. Yeah. G A B E. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to remember. Yeah. I was like, okay, those are the chords. Okay, I got it. I got because I go by feel and sound anyway. And then, um, and then I said, okay, I got it. I got to write a solo. What am I going to write? And David's got this incredible solo where he's, he's going. Like I didn't even, I, I didn't rationalize any of it. I was just like, should I need a solo here? In fact, I, it, when I sent it to you, I was thinking that's probably my scratch solo. I'll probably redo it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still probably going to redo it. Like I was just like, eh. as long as it begins similarly, because what I did was I said, uh, and I, and I showed you this. Um, so I wrote a solo that leads into it's kind of court or um, uh, voice leading into the first part of David's solo because he does an arpeggio, a really fast one that goes um, a, a descending arpeggio over the arpeggio. It's just it's just pentatonic. <laughs> it's just e like minor, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you did a major. What's funny is the 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 harmony part was a major scale or minor right. scale. Sorry, minor scale over the E minor, and so right. we're both playing a minor scale over the E minor. And then, or it might be a major. That might be a major scale over that. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of the notes in my head now. I'm thinking it might be a major scale. It is. It is because the fourth goes, uh, the third goes directly to the fourth. Yeah, and it's, and it's actually not a minor. Like the harmony is not a minor. It starts with an E major. So. Yep. Yep. Um, so I played. So yeah, but it's an E major scale, but it's it's in the E major scale. Don't think that it walks the E major yeah, scale. I think, playing, I think I'm playing A over it. Which, we are. Which is. We're, we're yeah. playing. Yeah. Which I, uh, I thought was interesting, um, because I play my my harmony. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm gonna play um, a solo that follows the changes versus trying to because they change so fast. It's it's 
Um, yeah, it's like like giant steps or something. Yeah, it's like giant steps. <laughs> he, I don't think he did that on purpose. I think it was just to get no, through. No. The I think course. Tim just took a weird approach to it. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to walk the changes because if I just stick to E minor, it's going to sound like a bland pentatonic piece of shit. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to play over the C into the G into the A. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm playing over C, over G, over A. And then I slide back up to the C at the end. Um, and I, I take that approach, um, which then leads into where David takes off with an E minor pentatonic, I think he said, um, or a major pentatonic. It's, I think that's a major pentatonic. I, I want to say it's like, a, I don't even remember what key I ended up playing it in. Um, I think it's an A actually, but it's yeah. it's a uh, mode. It's yeah. probably Phrygian or something. Yeah. Um, I didn't, it wasn't Mixolydian or anything like that. So, yeah. but I know, I know I was not in a root position at all. <laughs> like, it's <And> not. <clears throat> yeah. And the, um, uh, the, the harmony part is not in E, even though that's what it's we're what... playing over. I'm being, I'm being intentionally vague here because I don't actually remember what I wrote. Like I could hear it and then I'll just be able to play it. But if I was to sit down and like actually have to write it out, I would probably struggle. I'd have to have a guitar in my hand to be able to, you know, really talk about what's going on there. I mean, you um, could, yeah, you can play C over E, so that it's not a big deal. Right, I think that's right. where it is, and then it it moves, it moves with the changes, just like the other thing. So it moves into a G yeah. position at the at the twelfth fret, um, and we do a, uh, um, like I said. But what's the funny is, is we're playing on the position though because that's like at least one of the parts is and yeah, then the other you, one is the, right my the, part it, my part actually starts on the uh d string i'm actually playing a um flat seven yeah. for that yeah, yeah so right. i started on the d string with a major with oh that makes sense now i know why it's a major scale that i'm playing um mm -hmm. and so then uh we we go out and he's hitting a b over the B and I'm hitting a G over the B, which implies a B over G chord instead of a B chord, even though we're playing the B chord, which I think is interesting. And then we, we resolve to the E at the end. Yeah. When you, when you hear it, like you'll think that, see, this is how Jim talks. He's talking about all these like little, little various things. Here's how I think about it. Uh, there's a chord progression, a there's chord progression B. Yep. And then there's chord progression C. We end on the C we go A, B, A, C. Yep. Um, and I feel like, when we get to the end, uh, I the, the harmony that I wrote is like very much like the Miami Vice ending of heart, the Miami Vice theme harmony. Like that's what I was thinking of when I did it. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Complete resolution on this note, and it's yep. just just totally unorthodox harmony like part. And I was like, that's what we're gonna do. Yep. Um, and originally I was gonna let you write your own harmony part to it, but I was like. I was playing around with it. I was like, no, we're going to do this because this is going to sound really cool. Like, I, yeah. I was like, this is what we're doing. And it sure. does have a very Miami Vice feel to it. That's why I added the bass to it because it was very yeah, 80s. But, but, like, the reason I did that was because that's one of those, like, ending of a theme song. If you listen to that theme, oh, first off, Jan Hammer wrote that theme. Yeah. And yeah. Jan Hammer performed that theme. And if you don't know who Jan Hammer is, like, I would – I highly recommend you go listen to anything with him on it, um, which you probably have already heard stuff with him on it. Um, and you'll see, like, he's not he's not a musical idiot. Like, no. the guy's a freaking genius. And, and that theme specifically, the ending of it, is probably one of the best 
theme songs for anything that that specific like ending ending riff that they did for yeah. that and I, I was like when i when i stumbled stumbled across to similar harmony i was like no like this is too good to pass up because it fits the show so well and it's yeah. going to give us that concise short thing um so you're talking about what my point is you're talking about this like very specific theory stuff and as an artist like i'm way bigger than that i'm big picture i'm like looking at it from the ten thousand foot view um because I know that I can get away with that, you know? Um, and yes, of course. So like, I'm gonna, I'll laugh. I'll show you this. This is a song I was working on this weekend. Just to, just to point something out for the audience. Um, I do write things down and I actually work things out on paper for like theory wise. So I, I try to roadmap, like if I'm going to do a guitar solo and it's going to be complex chords, I'll wrote, I'll roadmap. These are the, these are the modes and scales I can get away with. Um, and I don't even usually write the mode names down. I, I didn't know. them. I mean, now I'm like, I'm a little bit more well-versed in that. So I can say like, yeah, for this part, I can use a mix Elydian. Right. You know, and I'm using half diminished scale in here at one point or the, the half, to- half, half tone, whole tone scale, the diminished scale. Um, yeah. I'm using that in here at one point. And I know that's because I can look at this and I can say that now because I've done the the other homework to to back it up. But like when I'm doing that kind of thing, I think about chord names and the keys I can use over it. And then the solo, the solos and melodies write themselves. I don't, I don't stress over like what I, what I'm playing as a chord. You will often find melodies in my music where the melody doesn't match the chords and it's not, and it doesn't sound bad. Like it's done in such a way that it's supposed to be that way. Um, And, I just don't stress over it anymore. Like I used to be a guy that was like, no, that's the wrong way to do it. Cause I, I'd get out my, uh, my art of harmony book and I'd like look it up and, you know, Schoenberg's art of harmony or whatever it is. And like, no, can't, no, he, he wouldn't like, he wouldn't like that. Um, but I just look at, I look at theory as the rules that you're supposed to break. And I also look at theory as a way to define what you do. So for me, it's like finding the things I like to hear and then working back from that, and when I have to explain it to somebody, it's useful to know the theory so I can tell them, hey, this is what's going on here. I didn't give you any of that because I knew you could guide yourself with your ears. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I it was just going to be a waste of my time. That was well, the way I was looking at it. Yeah, I showed you where I um, I actually sang the solo I wanted to play. And then I yeah. went back and I played over my singing. Um, it mm. was just a – it was a shitty falsetto, but it was what I wanted to but hear. That, but, you know, but you know what? Like – Sometimes that's the best way, especially if you're doing a recording, to approach that situation. Yeah, I feel like when I play music. I often make solos that don't say anything. That's my biggest problem, right? Right. Um, as a guy that prides myself on being able to play like good solo electric guitar, yeah, I suck at saying things. Um, and that's why I'm like, take. That's part of the reason why we're talking about Josh Smith. Like, why I'm taking a step back and looking at how I play yeah, and looking at who should I be being influenced by right now. That's going to help me as a player, not so much as um, like, who do I want to be or like who, wh- whose music do I like a lot? It's more what's going to help me be a, you know, a better player. And that's where I'm, you know, I'll pick people that I won't necessarily listen to, to do that. Um, and that's a good place to be. I honestly, I've been, I've been in this position a couple of times before in my life and it's always, it's always turned out good. So, um, 
you know. Yeah, message. I mean, message is an aural art. Um, aural as an A U R A O, um, uh, or auditory art, however you want to look at it. Uh, and so, it's. I think it's important to to have a point of view like you have, um, where you're looking at it and saying, okay, I'm. This is what I'm gonna do. I just feel um, like I got run on sentences. Like when I do a lead line, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there, but like there's no space to breathe and there's no way for the human brain to process like what just happened. It's just this big long sentence. It's like somebody doing if if you get a run on sentence paragraph, yep. I don't know what the hell happened in the middle of that paragraph. Yeah, exactly. You know, the big, you know? Right. or when someone's talking and they just you know, they don't know how to pause, at least for a second. And to be able to let the listener um, absorb what they just said, I probably do that too much. Um, I have a Captain Kirk-esque type pausing thing that goes on sometimes. Um, other times I'll sit there and I'll, I'll run out of air trying to get my point across. Um, my, my son does that. My son Kyle does that a lot to me. He'll, I'll be like, I, okay, bud, I'm going to bed. <laughs> it just keeps going. Um, but uh, yeah, I, when I went to do it, that, that that was the other thing that went through my head. What If I was going to sing something that led into, or I wanted to hear a singer sing something that led into your solo, what would it be? Um, and that's what I did. I mean, that's that's really it. It's simple, but as I told you, I played three guitars over it so that you could layer those three guitars any way you wanted. And, uh, um, and I can replicate it at any point. You know, I can. Well, I just don't want people to stress when they when they hear a piece of music and they think like, especially some of my stuff. I I've actually taken a different approach to writing, um, and I've written a couple songs. So you know, I think I think we talked about when we had our big renaissance on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think we talked about how um, I hadn't written anything like in almost nine months because I just was so mentally screwed up in the situation right. I was going through. And like, I'll be completely honest, like I changed my writing patterns, but I made a conscious effort to step back from writing the progressive stuff and realizing sort of that, like, yeah, I can still do that stuff and I can pull those elements out when I want to, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta hit people with a hammer a little bit, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you can't use the scalpel. I look at progressive music as being kind of like a scalpel. Jazz music is kind of a scalpel. And sometimes you gotta you gotta hit him with some folk music, you know, like yeah. or some blue, you know, something that's yeah. a little bit more emotional. Yeah. Um, and I have plenty of progressive stuff in my catalog for my live sets and stuff, and it's just like I think it would be better for me to take a step back and say, that for for one thing, I gotta I gotta find musicians I can work with. So writing material that they can't perform is not going to help me. Um, so I'm trying to be like a little bit more cognizant. The song I wrote. Um, last week, the one that actually showed on this tablet sitting next to me here is significantly, it's more challenging for me to do, but not for the, for the other people. Like it, it'd be like, here, give me a, give me a two and a four. And, uh, you, you on base, just, just, um, just flat out. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me some root notes. Yeah, just give me some root notes and on eights, and then like uh, in this part, do a little riff. You'll yep. be good. Do whatever you like, want, as long as you stay in the pentatonic minor scale. I'm fine. I mean, it's got a chord progression. It's like B minor, and then the A, four bars of B minor, two bars of A, 
G sharp diminished and then F sharp major. Yeah. Which is which is a harmonic. It's a harmonic that demolished chord in there. It's it's a harmonic progression. Well, and actually that's just a leading tone for the F sharp major. Yeah. So because it's it's a half step down. That's another thing I stole from Josh Smith. Um, yep. You can, yeah, you can take a diminished chord and you can move it up or down into the, it, I saw that episode, by the way. Where you do that, where you do the leading thing in. Yeah. Yep. That was like, I, that was like, he's acting like, well, Light you know, everybody, knows, everybody knows to do this. I'm like, what the hell? Nobody's ever told me to do that. Nope. Like, what never saw that before. About? That was a light bulb moment for me. I, I think I saw, yeah, I, I saw the same exact episode. It was Josh Smith. Um, I was sitting there watching it. He goes, Watch this. I can't remember who he was talking to. He goes, you can take, maybe it was just to the camera. You can take a yeah, diminished was, chord and. Um, he was and talking he, about playing through changes. Yep. And he, and he said. And that was like it. the genesis of learning to play through changes was realizing that you can use a diminished chord as a half step down to lead in in a blues. Yep. Anywhere. And that blew my mind too. I just went. Boop, poof. Yep. I, and, and actually some, one of our show listeners told me about it. And I was like, yeah, I sort of know that. Because I done, I played jazz blues. Like, yeah, you do that. It never occurred to me that you could do it a half step below any chord anywhere, ever. Anywhere. In yeah, anything. it's not just blues music. Like, um, and I just when I when I watched the video myself and I started trying it with some of my music, I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Like, I've been pussyfooting around this chord forever. Like, I want to use this everywhere. I yeah. love diminished. I, I actually know how to play the diminished scale. Like not a lot of people have figured that shit out over the years. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, but you don't hear it in common music. You know what I mean? Like, no. it's not like you're going to turn on a pop tune on the radio and then suddenly you hear this guy ripping the diminished scale somewhere. No, not now. When Barry Manilow was doing it, you did. Yeah. Not yeah. now. Um, even, even Dr. Hook, they, they, they had it, but um, those guys had the medicine show. Um, those guys were real musicians. Those guys knew what they were doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, um, pop music has turned into trap beats. And, uh, and I don't even uh, know if I would I, call it that. It's, it's we cur- turned into the same chord progression over and over used by multiple artists. Yeah, and trap beats. And, yeah, like basically computer-generated drums. Yep, that's <laughs> it. You don't even need, you don't even need melody. It's not I all mean, you need is a all you need is a mob. Made, some of these people have made a billion dollars off of it, so yeah, we're all doing. Must the wrong be good, thing. right? Must we're be doing. Good. We're all doing the wrong thing because we're not making a billion dollars off of it. Yep. Well, I've been Jim. I've been David, and this has been the Practical Guitarist. <laughs>